I think you missed the 12 year old crybaby he knew a long time ago. You were a crybaby? Yeah. Most of the time, he'd have to just stand there and watch me. When is he leaving again? Unlike at the Grammys, which happened last weekend. The Oscars do not have a category for Best New Filmmaker or Best New Director. So, in the Best Picture and Best Director categories, you get films by directors like Martin Scorsese, who have been directing films since the 1960s, in the Best Picture category competing up against Celine Song's Past Lives. Past Lives is Celine Song's first ever film, and she both wrote it and directed it. It does seem like quite a year for the writer-director. Scorsese co-wrote Killers of the Flower Moon with Eric Roth, Christopher Nolan wrote the Oppenheimer screenplay, which was a novel first-person style. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach wrote the Barbie screenplay. Cord Jefferson, who was also a writer, as is Celine Song, wrote his directorial debut, American Fiction, which is also up for Best Picture. There's something to be said for deciding to both write and direct. You can infuse the film with a perspective of your own that you wouldn't necessarily be able to, adapting someone else's screenplay for the screen. Past Lives falls into that semi-autobiographical space that very often is the perfect starting point for a film career. If you have a story to tell, a statement to make, why not start by expressing that? Um, I think that uh, all of it, what, what, sorry, I think what mattered to me the most in it is uh, that we uh, found the language that was this movie's own. Because I think that something that, I, as a first-time filmmaker especially, the thing that I was concerned about is for the movie to become an homage of something else or for it to uh, borrow from some other whole whole movie that I love. And I think that what I wanted was, first of all, every single decision when it comes to that to be able to stand on its own and be its own movie and uh, develop a language of its own. And I knew that that was the task that at hand and that's the task that I uh, work work through with all my collaborators too. So I think that every time that we were uh, wondering about those things, uh, we were always talking about how we are uh, going to solve the problem of how to do the scene, how to, how to solve the problem that is the scene that we're trying to do for the story and for character. If you recognize the name Celine Song, which I won't lie, I didn't, but I do remember this now, 
She's a playwright who has gained quite a bit of traction for her experimental work. Most famously, during the COVID pandemic, she directed a live production of Chekhov's The Seagull on Twitch using characters from The Sims 4. This online theater came out of the fact that Sleeve Song's play, Endlings, was cut short during its American repertoire theater run by the COVID pandemic. In 2021, Song was hired as a staff writer for the Amazon Prime show, The Wheel of Time. Past Live stars Greta Lee of Natasha Leone's show, Russian Doll, as Nora Moon. Nora Moon's story is basically the life story of Celine Song, but fictionalized. Celine immigrated from Korea to the Toronto area when she was 12. Celine's father is a filmmaker, Song Nun Han, and was especially legendary for his film, Number 3, which starred a young Song Kang-ho in one of his earliest roles. Song Kang-ho would go on to international fame as the dad in Parasite and huge Korean movies like Memories of Murder, The Host, and Snowpiercer. Number 3 was not technically his acting debut. He had played extras in a few films, but it was his breakout role. Celine's mother was a children's book illustrator with hundreds of books under her belt and got them the artist visa to Canada. Celine grew up around Toronto and then once again immigrated to New York City. Like Nora in past lives, the strength of Celine's writing got her an artist fellowship in Montauk, where she met another writer named Justin Karitsky, with whom she shared her writing, fell in love, and got married. Well, I think that uh, it's. It, I think it requires a lot of sensitivity to authenticity, or some kind of uh, realism of like human emotions and the way that it feels. It can feel to uh, myself, but also to people I know, everybody around us, sort of. So I think it is just, um, I think exactly that balance is the thing that I'm thinking about the whole time. So anything, if it feels uh, not real to me or not authentic to me or, or false to me, I, uh, I'm i the only person who can be so honest about that so that I know how to steer clear from that, you know? But I think that, I also think that it is about extraordinary emotions in ordinary circumstances. So I think that uh, the depth of emotion has to be uh, earned and built throughout the film. And I think it's like, yeah, so it, it's, it was constructed that way. Sort of. of course, Past Lives is a story of a love triangle with Nora Moon's childhood sweetheart coming to visit New York from Seoul. And that happened. Celine sat in a bar at 4 a.m. with her South Korean childhood sweetheart turned adult engineer and white Jewish New Yorker husband which was the moment she thought about turning the story into a feature film. Interestingly, Celine's plays are known for tackling issues of violence, especially generational violence, and that's thankfully missing from past lives, which was filmed both in New York City, in the East Village specifically where Celine lives, but also in South Korea, where Celine got to go travel with her production crew. They were so excited that she was filming in Seoul, as her father is still legendary there for his work in the 90s. Following in his wife's footsteps, in a way, Justin Karitskis, wrote the screenplay for the movie Challenger starring Zendaya and directed by the same director as Call Me By Your Name. That is set to come out in April, so we'll see how his screenwriting matches to Celine's. Past Lives is a movie that emotionally, physically, and metaphorically resides in the liminal spaces. From the beginning, when Na Young chooses the new American named Nora, this is a life lived in a transitory state. Nora's life is transitory even by immigrant standards. Nora develops feelings for her best friend, Hei Sung, played as an adult by Tao Yo, but her family's moving to Toronto soon, and the friends know that they'll soon be parted. In the age before social media, they lose contact completely. Then, jumping 12 years to 2012, Nora now lives away from her family in New York City after immigrating the second time.
At this point, Facebook is around, and on Facebook, Nora finds out that Song has been looking for her. They reconnect, but their contact, unless ours as viewers, is mediated completely through screens. Skype, Facebook, webcams. As this is happening, Nora continues to move away from her South Korean identity, and yet feels trapped in this liminal space, uncommitted to this new American existence. Language is used here as a metaphor. Nora only speaks Korean with her mom and Song. Finally knowing that she and Song have no way to visit each other, she cuts off contact, hoping that makes her feel more permanently tied to her current life. This is when, like the real Celine song, Nora goes to Montauk and meets Arthur, played by John Majero. Arthur is probably the most neurotic Jewish New York character in any movie I've seen since Woody Allen. It means providence or fate. But it's specifically about relationships between people. I think it comes from Buddhism. The film jumps 12 years again. His song is now an engineer going through a breakup. He decides to take a vacation in New York City to hopefully visit Nora, and by extension because they live together, Arthur. This causes much anxiety on Arthur's part, as he's convinced Nora might just be swept away and moved back to Seoul. Arthur's suspicion of Song is founded, as he has come here to try to see if he can win Nora. You were right. I was? Yeah. He came here to see me. But unlike 12 years before, Nora has a life now, a routine, a home, a husband. Even New York City, I think, functions in this movie as a liminal space. The Statue of Liberty, an iconic symbol of the promise of a better life for immigrants, is something that most New Yorkers born to raise, and I can attest to this, have probably never visited. New York City is home to many of the world's international bodies. I mean, even the UN is there. For someone like Nora, this is a perfect place to reside, not truly bound by any cultural definition. The way she relates to her husband through pop culture, movies, books, writing, these might seem superficial, there's no cultural tie between Nora and South Korea outside of ancestry and memory. Past lives uses the Korean concept of inyon, which is the inevitable fate and destiny connecting two people. There is a belief that these relationships transcend one lifetime, and inyon connects people over many lives through reincarnation. Nora talks about reincarnation as a spiritual concept, but it also describes the individual snapshots of her life that we see as an audience. The young girl, Na Young, is not the same person culturally, physically, or emotionally, I mean, she cried and went to bed constantly as a kid, as the confident, creative Nora. And the Nora we see speaking to her mom in the apartment or talking to Song on the laptop in Korean is not the same Nora we see married to Arthur. Lastly, I liked how language is used throughout this film, and I think it's interesting to compare that with Killers of the Flower Moon, but the Osage language is manipulated by Ernest and William Hale as a key to gain the trust and confidence of the Osage people and disarm them. In past lives, language is a barrier, one that Arthur attempts to overcome but is not great with. Hello. <laughs> 
Nice to meet you. 아서 한국말 잘하시네. Again, in this liminal space, Nora must mediate between Arthur and Haesung as the only person fluent in both Korean and English. The most awkward and hellish scene, at least if you're watching from the white guy's perspective, Arthur must sit there cut off from the conversation as Haesung attempts to explain his feelings to Nora in Korean. But also over time, as Nora puts down roots, she loses some of her connection to her first language, speaking almost entirely in English in her daily life. However, in her dreams, she sleep talks in Korean. This is what convinces Arthur that maybe she's subconsciously planning to be whisked away. Tonight's show is brought to you by Yabiga. A Balkan Rakia spirit, go to yabiga.com to order a bottle tonight. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Moving That Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, and which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. We also have a new Discord and a Letterboxd HQ account, so those are two more places to follow along with us. Links are in the description. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Protonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. Christina Oaks is streaming on Twitch at Cosmopolitics, twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics. Also recently joined YouTube, she's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch, and send her a coffee. This month for the Oscars, Conan and Christina are co-producers. We will have both show and after-party content that they've produced, so follow along. ...in the Discord, as well as watch parties on Mondays in the Discord. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives Them an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. I, of course, am your host, and hopefully somebody's future dumb, white, oblivious husband who doesn't know how to speak my wife's first language... Horace Miller. I'm always telling people we got Indian at home. <laughs> Dare uh, to dream, my uh, dear. Dare to dream. My first language is English. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, and I barely speak that. <laughs> no, like, I, like, I, like, I don't know why uh, in my head the first thing I thought of like hearing Indian, I was like, hey, mom, can we get Indian? And she's like, no, we have Indian at home, and it's just like a, a picture right, of like right. uh, like one of those like Indian reincarnation like uh, Hindu kind of things. It's like ah oh, man, it's not what I wanted. Yeah, every <laughs> time every time I see Greta Lee now, I think of hey sweet birthday baby from uh, the Russian Doll show because that she she has she's probably said that line hundreds of times. Yeah, she's a she's really good in that. It's such a different role for her, obviously. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, she she's been a very consistent like. All the things she's in, she's really good in. But this, this is—I feel this like this is a star-making role personally. Like yeah. it's, it's, at least amongst people that are going to give time to a movie like this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to open doors for her. 
Yeah. I think if your favorite if your favorite movie was Top Gun Maverick, you're probably not gonna be spending mm-hmm. a lot of time with past lives. Unless you're mm-hmm. Zach Marsh, in which case you are. But if you but most people mm-hmm. are not. Um do yeah. you guys remember uh her thing that was like so before this, right, she had some play on Twitch. I think it was like one of the first times I ever even heard that Twitch was a thing. I remember it happening, and yeah. I remember thinking, wow, that sounds weird. Oh, yeah, well, and too. I moved on with my life. <laughs> was, I'm pretty sure that's the first time I ever heard that Twitch, like, even as a thing. Yeah. I was like, and I was like, really? They do plays on there? Like, <laughs> You can do anything on there. There are people who are, there's a truck driver who just live streams his, his job during the day. That sounds As a horrible. truck driver, I would never watch that. But whatever, I'm, I'm not the target market. Like, yeah, he's got like fifty thousand followers on Twitch. So like, yeah. of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> does it sound like something I personally find abhorrent? Yes, it's very popular. Okay. Well, it's, it's all it's all Trump. It's all like you know Trump and his friends just watching me like, eh, eh, you know, like he, he like he just likes trucks. He really likes trucks. You know? I just find yeah, it interesting because yeah. The Sims is very popular on Twitch. So it was interesting to see her do like use it use The Sims to make like that up very inventive i mean especially in a way that like yeah you have a thing that you've you've sunk all your time and effort and love into and then you can't do it right i sounds familiar i remember that (laughs) (laughs) and uh i i I, it's interesting to see because for me like the same people that so i heard about past lives way before it was oscar nominated for anything and the same people that i heard it from were the same people that turned me on to after sun which was another movie that just sort of seemed like it came out of left field. It was just like a really, like an indie drama with like a lot of heart that it's really hard to sell people on because it's not like, okay, so they're traveling time and it's a war where you, no, no, it's it's none of those things. It's human yeah. emotions and, but it's good. Uh, it's <laughs> moment of, of uh, humanity and, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and, and people, there just is no lexicon for that. And if there is, people call it a rom-com and it's like this is uh, like i said this is closer to a rom trage than a rom-com like yeah. it's more tragedy than comedy if, if you stop mm-hmm. and think about it and and i mean that as a compliment but there's just no lexicon to talk about serious movies no. for adults that deal with emotion right yeah, and relationships and, and relationships. it's specifically yeah. about a moment too that, that that's what right. makes the movie so beautiful is that that you know this you know uh it's the fragility of that moment where like everything is uh everything is possible but yet, you know, in your heart that there's only one conclusion and as much as the other, you know, possibilities are, are amazing to you, um, you, you know that they're not going to happen. And you just kind of right. uh, you come to accept the, the moment as it is. And that's that's what this movie is, which and- nobody is allowed to do anymore because it doesn't make anybody money. Yeah. <laughs> so so everybody's trained to never accept the moment as it is and to always be wanting for something and, and honestly like like if everybody made a movie like this we would be bored of it pretty quickly too uh and sure. uh not appreciate this for what it is because uh you know can you just imagine um like uh uh james cameron's uh trying to do a movie like this well and well within the movie, it's exactly the same as this with blue people yeah. it's, it's only it's only her that's capable of you know accepting the moment as it is the men that are in this movie do not accept the moment as it is whatsoever right like uh you know like the, her you know her her korean sweetheart um like he he's deeply dissatisfied with how his life is turning out in korea in a completely different way i think than arthur is completely dissatisfied with you know like um he needs the constant affirmation of her being like babe i want to be here and he's like yeah yeah like come on you got to tell me again you really want to be here which i maybe maybe i hate his character so much because i've been that person that's like i don't really believe that this is like <laughs> can you tell me again 
Do you please? <laughs> it's like hearing your voice on a tape recorder. Real, real quick, calling back to some of Andy's nonsense. Like, imagine if, like, you know, the the cast recast a movie, but everybody is a Muppet but one character, right? So Arthur's the same, but everyone's a Navi from uh, Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do for this film. It's like I just don't understand their language. They're like looking up and like like speaking Navi or whatever language is. Also, this, um, yeah. this is also um, semi autobiographical for Celine's song. It, it's literally, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's ripped from it, the headlines from her personal life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and it's crazy. She had the idea for this in the moment of uh, sitting there while her actual husband, who wrote the movie where the two dudes are making out, was in die in the trailer. Um, that'll be interesting. <laughs> As until henceforth be known, we're gonna get, come up with a shorter <laughs> but, title. No, it's like, actually means quaking. So, uh, <laughs> so no, but she came up with this in the moment while her, you know, her her childhood sweetheart was sitting on one side of her speaking in Korean. Her husband was sitting on the other side of her, you know, barely knowing Korean and, and speaking English, and she was having to translate. And she's like, "Somebody should, I should yeah. make this into like my great movie." She wanted to leave the theater because I don't think her experience in the theater has been very good. Uh, her plays are pretty experimental, as far as I am aware. Um, one of them, she has a guy with a sign on it, like a like a um, like one of those signs you hang on people to shame them, and it says like white husband or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's a lot to unpack, but I, I think it's it's notable too because it's like this isn't a movie this is a movie you have to pay attention to visually even though there's there's not again there's not explosions there's no no time travel no avengers show up uh but you have oh. to pay attention to visually wait for the sequel uh yeah. because no, the post credit scene was great whenever they do form a team because <laughs> what happens is that um you See now I'm thinking about you know who would be on that team. Okay, well the dad from After Sun and uh, you throw in uh, After Yang too. Oh, oh and the dad from, uh, no, and the dad from Everything Everywhere All at Once. There you go. There so, you like go. I think in another life I'd really like you know uh, just you know doing laundry and, and taxes with you. That guy's in it. Like, yep, yep, yeah, exactly. We'll, we, we'll get them all together. All your faves. No, but my actual point is like like for instance when they're at the bar, right? And it, it this it caps. The scene from the beginning where you see the the people kind of checking around sort of figuring like what the deal is right but as they kind of engage in conversation more she kind of stops translating after a little while yeah and to see when she does that and how they both react to that it's like it's deeply compelling but in a way it's like oh it sucks to be that dude right now <laughs> i mean peace and love peace and love but like there it's it goes back to the line where he talks about like, hey, you know, if this is a movie, like I would be the villain. Yeah, yeah, right. Because I'd be in the way of your love story, which is like, oh, because everybody was thinking that, right? So it's These like, white men are dangerous. <laughs> I, and also, it's like, okay, you have like a lost love from lost childhood love from the old world. Like that's the story we're used to seeing, right? Yes. And and we're used to seeing them like get together, and we're used to seeing them, you know, find find, and then like, oh, the villain gets his, and it's like, well, but he's not a villain. He's no, just a no, dude. He's, he's just he's, a guy. He's also trying he's to uh, like insecure uh, guy. <laughs> but he's also trying to like you know deal with his emotions and trying to be positive about it too. Right. Like, like you know because sometimes like you, I don't you, think he's insincere at all. No. I don't know if I would be cool with this. I would be like, you're doing what with whom? I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Why? Y'all like, speaking in a language that I don't know. Yeah. Like, what are you saying about me? Okay. Like, yeah. You, you need to be six inches apart at all then, times. Then she turns to him though, and she says, "He's talking about you." And, yeah, but, but doesn't say what he said. Doesn't He's, say what yeah. he says. <laughs> like that's and you and and the guy, the Arthur character, is like remarkably uh, empathetic to her emotional needs yes. for it. 
But the point of like, there's a moment you could like almost watch him thinking, oh, hell, what did I do? What did I do? Why did I agree to this? This is a horrible. Like, and you, and it's all done just like with like, you know, um, body language. Yeah. Right. And, and that's impressive to me because again, you don't, you, you don't get, we don't get to see movies like this that no. are like big production movies. Or, or have uh, too many opportunities where actors get a, a role like that because the only other role I can think of would be uh, Xander Berkeley on his second to final episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, where where he's just in the background of all these scenes and you're watching his character go through this arc uh, where he decides he's finally going to be the villain that, uh, you know, the show's been trying to make him into. And uh, embrace it. it. Not this, you know, not the same kind of thing at all. Yeah. Well, and and there's the moment there's the moment where uh, in in this guy, not Danny Berkeley and as Gregory along you, but <laughs> I, no, I hate that we have to make that <laughs> distinction, but I'm glad. you did. <laughs> No, but there's a moment where Arthur, uh, you know, he seems to be both trying to like stake his own claim on the relationship and show that he really like he is a partner that is cool with it where he comes in and he's his body language is kind of almost like defeatist like and yeah. he, he says you know he says the like the hi how are you in korean and then you know the yeah, korean that, guy, that, like, that whole exchange yeah, yeah. And, and then like mentions like oh so you went on you went on the ferry to statue of liberty like i never done that you know which again I, I i'm not gonna equate it to new york but living in the bay area first time i ever went to alcatraz is when like a friend from out of town came i'm like sure i've never been there it's like what i'm like i don't know it's just not something i think about doing i don't know what to tell you yeah. and i think that uh but but it's notable like he is he's both supportive i don't think he's as insecure as he should be frankly <laughs> i mean this dude is like handsome she goes out of the way to mention how masculine he is which is like okay that's kind of like why are you so insecure dude like mm. well he like, pretty well, we cool. because we're only seeing this in snapshots right like like we, we, the border when they're coming back from Canada and like you get the the, the border guy that clearly is like uh, slightly racist at least right yeah. you know and, yeah, and you guys are related you guys are, uh, are, are related eh <laughs> we gotta do married. something about the northern border whatever's happening at the southern border can't compare it to what the northern border what what Canada has brought upon us <laughs> all these Canadians flooding in no but like but like you know it's not expected because it's sort of like the well how could yeah you and you must be like cousins or something right or because it's not like like, like y'all right, look like, alike y'all the same <laughs> but i mean if you've gone to brooklyn at any point you've definitely seen a white guy dating an asian woman. Sure, yellow fever right yeah exactly <laughs> that, that's that's the thing but like it's again it, it's built up in such a way that you get the, like okay this is like a pretty good dude but like he probably has some like insecurity you know not at bo's afraid level insecurity but he has he has some insecurity <laughs> that is manifest and not made any easier by the situation which again is like a storybook except for the yeah. fact that he's the impediment to the story being finished correctly mm -hmm. well and you know the fact that she's like she cut this off to try to uh make her life in new york city because she didn't want this tie to the you know she was kind of brutal i mean he didn't see that part of it but she was pretty brutal yeah. to him over the over skype or whatever yeah and you know just kind of leaving this uh in the lurch and kind of completely cutting off this thing for, for, for 12 years after the guy spent all this time trying to find her um you know on facebook which, you know that's not really that much it's not like he went there and tried to find her he tried to find her well facebook. he also they do like a watch together of i'm sorry eternal sunshine of the spotless mind like, yeah what a callback like I, why would you first love playing games like that though i do i do love that movie but i would never in any way shape or form recommend it to a former ex of mine like are you kidding me like I, I would recommend always be my maybe because that's actually more uplifting company 
Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, yo, it's, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to forget you. So just, I'm trying to be like that in this. She's movie. like very naive about it too, you know? Yeah. And there's like a power dynamic at play. She's like know? yanking his chain, like, or dangling, hi. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, I think. <laughs> Which is brave of I, I'd watch a podcast hosted by three Muppets and Christina. Sometimes I feel like that's closer to reality than I like to admit, frankly. I mean, it kind of is if you think about it. I'm but definitely it, the Sam the Eagle of this bunch. It, it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's deeply, what, a guy that hasn't come in 200 fucking years? Is no, that, the one that's just like a staunch character. Come on. No, I know. I know. I just, the first thing I think of with Sam the Eagle is like, that dude is not coming to it. Like, since the founding of America, that's like why he's so uptight all the time. <laughs> Um, well, he can't. He has wings. He doesn't have hands. But um, <laughs> okay, move on. Move on up. We get it. No, yeah. it's it's deeply it's deeply honest. We'd like to welcome all our new listeners. <laughs> it's deeply it's deeply honest of her to be able to analyze herself to the point where she writes herself her own. You know, like the corollary of her anyway. Right. As this kind, you know, as someone who's kind of stringing along this childhood sweetheart that she has, and who's kind of a dick to her fucking husband too like she's definitely playing with it a little bit to like get his reaction to stuff you know when when she's like oh he's pretty masculine and like she's like oh you know i i, I am kind of gonna go away back to korea haha <laughs> but like you know that like the psyche of a guy that's that insecure if you make a joke like that like that does not help his yeah don't <laughs> joke about that <laughs> don't because because yeah because there's that moment and oh my god like everybody's ever been in a long-term relationship had that moment well are you attracted to him and that's like a Red alert, red alert. Yeah, you know, Why like pull me out like that. <laughs> like, attracted to who? Who are you? What happened? Where am I? Uh, I, 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 I I'm like, I feel I feel like some of us wrong have, number. Some of us are in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship. Which I think is what he feels like this relationship is in a way. Yeah. Like yeah, because yeah, there's a whole like like green card aspect of it. So so like, right, you know, right. is this a real relationship or not? And he has that in the back of his head. And and so the, they clearly established like yeah, they're, they they got married quickly because of uh you know she needed a green card, um, yeah, and, and okay. they moved in together. You know, which yeah. as a financial thing that makes sense, of course. And, and they also only had sex the first time because they both were the two people that happened to be single at this, uh, you know, at this Montauk writers retreat or whatever, and they right. ended up hooking up for that reason. They paired off. So like that's another thing that's like uh like that that question like could I have been just anybody else? And she's reassuring him. Not reassuring him at all. I mean, like, yeah, uh, yeah. By, be, by being like, well, that's not for the reality we live in. This is the reality we live in, which is, you know, if, if you're kind of uh, insecure already, like that's that's something that, that's crazy making. You know what I mean? And like, he's he's keenly aware of it. I mean, there's that great line where he says, uh, you make my world so much bigger. And I'm wondering if I do the same for you. And it's like, oh, and she's like, I don't know. This is the reality I live in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and not a reassuring answer. We're just like, well, Very standoffish. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, wow, okay. It's like, I love you. Me too. So, so like his, 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 I uh, <laughs> I know you read all these plays about it. It's kind of weird, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, no, his, his, uh, insecurity actually makes perfect sense with the, with the fact that you, you know, as you get to understand that this relationship isn't like built on, uh, like, like, I mean, they're obviously, they, they obviously do love each other. I mean, like you see that whenever they meet. Yeah. Like there's something going on there. Like like it's not just like a little flicker. Movie. Yeah. Of a flame. But but it, it's not like uh you know, it's not like soulmates or you know, it's like, not like, like a Wong Kar Wai movie or something, right? Yes. Where there's yeah, like I mean there's hundred years of longing of, of uh you know, what you know what I'm saying. It feels like it feels like her childhood sweetheart is like a Wong Kar Wai book, right? Like right. This, this this thing breaks like breaks into this fucking relationship that's been going on for twelve years and like is kind of 
you know, I mean, probably going through the doldrums of uh, being being long term and her having her green card now and like everything else with that. And then this romantic story kind of bursts into the scene where this guy's like, oh, I can't compete with this whatsoever. Yeah. And again, like and and how many times just to keep reiterating the same point is, is that how many times have we seen movies like that? And it's like we know how they turn out. Right. And so and he even realizes this, which is which is something that meta contextually that can and can't work does big time for here because it kind of feeds into the fact that like look he's no dummy he knows he's like punching above his weight class <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but it's not like a cut and dry thing and in and again it's hard to depict even long-term relationships well but especially ones that are you know it's not perfect marriages aren't perfect relationships aren't perfect yeah, you, you, let, me, let me tell you guys something. I had two Aries for Paris, and as a Libra, nightmare. Uh, was that English? <laughs> see, this is why. See, yeah, this is why. This is why you have to translate because I know nobody. My parents <laughs> were too much alike, so they always butted heads. Like my mom. I, I feel like I'm not bilingual right now. Yeah, my mom would always say, "Oh, my, your father was an asshole, but you know he loved us, and I loved him." And I'm like, "Awesome, awesome, uh... awesome." Is she talking about the Zodiac? <laughs> the Zodiac killer? Um, but yeah, like I, I think that this the, the storybook aspect of it. But then she's not she's the opposite of like a sentimental I mean there's there's sentimental connections I think she has to Korea, but like her own her own uh mindset, I guess, is extremely um realistic right like because she thinks she can't she can't do what she wants you're probably right can't do what she wants to do living in korea so she ultimately leaves korea is very happy with that decision probably correct i might add but like she has the idea of what she wants her life to be and that's why it's funny when it's like oh well you know is this how you thought it would turn out and like she's just like what what are you talking about because she clearly has an idea of how she thought it would turn out but it didn't it just didn't include it, like, like she wasn't thinking about the romantic part of it, right? And and, and it's she's thinking about that green card. <laughs> she's thinking about trying, thinking about that green card. Still thinking about. Well, it's that like green it's like card. opportunities too. Like like there's only so yeah. many opportunities in Seoul. Uh, Canada does have more opportunities because of how the government funds the arts. But still, like like um, you know, you're not going to have six, the highs and successes uh, that you will, uh, you know, in Canada. You can you have a nice career and, and uh, find a nice I get some government funding life. Yeah, <laughs> with, with some government I mean... funding and whatnot. But like you know, uh, there's a difference between like make you know being successful in Canada and being successful here in the states. Yeah, yeah. because I mean, a CEO could just be like, "Yeah, this film has been completed, but I'm going to delete it and write it off for taxes." Well, and the other thing to realize, like I know that I was going to say, ask Chris Murphy about Canada versus the U.S., but <laughs> well, <laughs> ask about slow making. Obviously, it wasn't her first. I mean, you know, she was she wanted to be a playwright, and it was a like is a playwright, but like yeah, um, her dad is like this you know legendary filmmaker that made I think he made like five films, and then they left South Korea, like pretty much, and he made like these uh, cutting edge films. People like really look up to him there. So she was saying that when they went to South Korea to film for this. Um, people are like, you know, like lining up to see her being like, oh, that's like, you, you know who her dad is, right? Like, like I, right. I can't wait to set expectations, like yeah. Sophia Coppola or something, right? Yeah. Um, but I, this is her talking about the opening shot uh, and like her idea for it and everything. Most uh, difficult scene in some ways was the opening scene because I think that uh, Greta and I, in our working together um, and also talking about that opening moment where, uh, Nora actually turns and looks at the camera and breaks the fourth wall. 
and really invites the audience into the film and also implicates the audience into engaging with the film from the point of view of an almost a detective, right? Because you're a bit of a detective for who these three people are to each other. And it was just such an important and a, a very difficult thing because there's no language to really um, even, even describe what it had to be. But uh, we were talking about it a lot. And, you know, uh, I think really finding the amazing look that we uh, found at the end where, you know, sorry, in the beginning of this film where uh, Greta is able to, uh, as Nora, turn to the camera and gaze at us and welcome us and implicate us. I think the impossibility of it. I mean, like there were words I used that I am like, I don't know how to describe what that look should be, except that it's a cosmic joke. And I remember Greta being like, I don't think that you, I don't think that I can act cosmic joke, you know? And I think, I think in that way, and I was like, you're absolutely right. How could you? But that's what this moment is. And it's that uncertainty or it's the impossibility of that moment. Um, and I don't know, I think it's really the, to me, the opening scene is the hardest because it is uh, trying to accomplish the impossible, which is that it has to be a million things at once and completely singular and has to set the tone for the whole film and also is uh, the fundamental part of the film. It is at the heart of the film. So it's, I'm describing like, like 10 impossible things that uh, all has to exist in one look. And I think it just really speaks to how incredible Greta is that she was able to uh, do it, you know, to express that uncertainty and express that sense of humor and express everything. 왠지 널 보고 여기도 오고 그러니까 좀 이상한 생각이 많아지네. 무슨 생각? 12년 전에 그때 내가 만약에 뉴욕에 왔었다면 어땠을까? 만약에 네가 한국을 떠나지 않았다면 그렇게 떠나지 않았고 우리가 같이 자랐더라도 내가 널 찾았을까? 우리가 사귀었을까? 헤어졌을까? 부부가 됐을까? 우리는 아이들을 가졌을까? 그런 생각들. Something that was very true is that at the time that I was uh, writing the script, it actually uh, was, uh, you know, uh, not possible to write in another language on final draft. And Final Draft being the industry uh, leading, you know, script writing software. And there is an amazing structural um, barrier that you feel that you maybe shouldn't write a script that's bilingual, which mine is. And I think that uh, in that way, I think initially it's really to overcome the feeling that maybe nobody will care about the story. Maybe this is just such a, uh, a story about this very specific person and people won't understand that it is epic in scale or uh, people aren't going to be interested in a story about just a girl because that's all they'll see and they won't see that this story spans decades and continents right so there's a lot of fear around it and I think that fear is the first thing that uh, you have to overcome that's the first dragon that gets slain right and then after that I think that when it comes to uh, making the movie itself of course, the new dragon you're trying to slay is that uh, it's the it's your own first movie. So you know what you don't know, 
and you know what you do know, right? And I think that、uh, initially the things that you don't know, the list is so much longer than the things that you do know. But I think that over time,、uh, the, the the dragon that you're slaying in that situation is to accept that yes, of course, there are things that I don't know as a first-time filmmaker who's not been on a film set, but I also do know something that nobody else knows, which is how the story should be told, and who these characters are. And that's actually at the end of the day、uh, what I could、uh, believe in. And eventually, the list of things that I don't know start to disappear, start to shorten. And then eventually, I, I actually know. I actually know all of it. I like that. I mean, it being bilingual. This is like the second one in a row, right? That's that's like that is very important to the plot, and that who can understand whom and when is very important to the plot. Weird to think that you can't do two languages in Final Draft. That's that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> or at least maybe also because it's not.、Um, it's the like, characters, maybe. Yeah, because it's Korean. I mean, yeah, I keyboard mapping. I mean, it's it's just, but it's it's intrinsic to this film. I mean, all the micro expressions, right? Like all all of the、uh, like facial expressions and things. Like those have to those have to mean all the more when like language itself doesn't work. And again, just harkening back to Wong Kar Wai, he does that a lot, but he does that because of vibes. Yes. Yeah, he's not. He's he's in love. He's not usually trying to tell a real story in the traditional sense of the term. I I feel like there's like a crazy mirror in this uh in the scenes. Well, in the scene where Arthur's like, "Could I have been anybody else? What if I was? You know, what if there was a different writer there? Would you have left with that guy?" And his insecurity. And then um when she's sitting at the and bar, she's basically like, "Would he be hot?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Maybe he was attractive. I don't know, but no. So that scene, and then I feel like there's an exact mirror between that, and then,、um, and I only noticed this time when, like, the, you know, thinking about those scenes at the same time, like,、uh, I that scene, and then the, like the what ifs. You know what I mean? Like, what if we had life? Like,、right. would we have a kid? You know, and like it's it's kind of a crazy like all these hypotheticals, and then she is not a hypothetical person, right? Like she's grounded in reality, and you can see. In in the conversation that she's having, even about her own movie, she's grounded in reality. Like that's kind、mm-hmm. of her thing. So it's kind of interesting that the two guys in in her life are like、uh, are very about the hypotheticals. Either you know, either thinking about it in terms of、um, either thinking about it in terms of like、uh, you know, like their own insecurities, or thinking about it in terms of like, well, what if we, you know, what if this was a different life? Ha ha. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What if I stayed in college? You know those sort of things. <laughs> if it wasn't for that horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college. <laughs> right. Well,、mm-hmm. and it, and that's that's kind of the idea, too. and that's why it's it's kind of cool that there is the the concept of Indian, right? Like brought into this that it's yeah, it, it allows the past lives moniker to mean a few different things,、mm-hmm. and, and and that can be hacky, <laughs> and that can be used incredibly artistically, like it is、yeah. here. If a lesser director was directing this, you know, like like say, um, uh, you know, we had James Michael、Cameron. Bay.、No. Michael Bay. Yes, Michael Bay got a hold of this. Michael Bay's Fast Lives.、Uh, <laughs> it would have been like Arthur jumps on a grenade. No. Oh my I, I god! Think, Car chasing would have been、uh, amazing. I'm thinking the Fast Lives and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Please continue.、Um, but yeah, no, no. Like, like, like. You know, to just、um, somebody who who's、uh, not as so well versed in the material, though, getting a hold、yeah. of this would make that kind of hokey. Would well, be. This like, is where. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because it kind of has to be a writer director, right? Because、yeah. she 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 knows how the mood has to be, and she knows like how 
gentle almost it has to be in, in its its understanding of the characters yeah. that like you almost can't hand that off and i mean especially like a white director too if, if a white director was making this right. they would have really focused it on the korean aspects where, where like you know it's you get just enough on. you get what you need you get what you need yeah. and, and you know everything else is, is okay like it doesn't, it doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting to me too. I mean, like, because I, I could see, well, and it's funny, you know, we mentioned, well, we, by we, me, uh, uh, Sofia Coppola. I almost think Sofia Coppola could pull it off, but she has absolutely peace and love, no understanding of class whatsoever. Correct. Like, it's her yeah. weak spot. And, and like, she's at her best when that is just not fashion. She loves her glamorous yeah. figures, the Marie Antoinette's, yeah. the Priscilla's. And these are these are working class artists uh, in, in this film, um, right. and, and, and that's important to the film. You know, we, you know who still hang out with you know uh, engineers that that are uh, finding you know themselves disillusioned. I mean, you know, and so it's like she would get the connection and loneliness and the the, the love oh, part of it, the ennui. Yeah, perfect. But I think she would totally fail at depicting that piece of it and that's very important so and then when you think about like there's not a ton of people that are like well-known directors uh that do vibe well that aren't on their own thing obviously david lynch does vibe as well but david lynch is on his own planet you know i mean he's <laughs> <laughs> and there are, and there are people that try to do it you know i mean i i'm i'm back and forth on uh, nicholas winding reffin sometimes i think I, I don't like him at all sometimes i think he's great but like he does do vibe well but the thing is like there seems to be a disconnection between again just f movies about complicated feelings that adults are having that are just like that's what it's about right like there's just not and, and when there is it's like hallmark stuff and it's like that doesn't count because that's hack work. that's like the new metal of that of that hallmark <laughs> movies are all the same you know they just are yeah. like you, you you can't even tell what like if you try to guess the title of a hallmark movie you still would get them wrong because everyone looks the same for the for the cover. It, it's like a Mad Lib, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she is a you know blank bookstore owner, and he is a that's why <laughs> returning that soldier. Movie you know, works so well. Like, like that Colonel Sanders movie worked because of the fact that it just slotted in all the Hallmark things and just went from there. Well, because it's a formula, and so that and this yeah. is anything. And they did it in fifteen minutes. It, there you go. Right. Exactly. Finger looking good. I think was a. <laughs> tagline for that one uh it but, was but the, the um yeah like if you're telling an unconventional story which at the heart of it this is because the, this isn't just an immigrant story this isn't just a you know lost love this this is like all of these things at once which maybe that's why a24 does not seem to know how to market it where it's like i like for something that's literally in in two oscar nominees including best picture like i'm like you guys put this out right like you want to like maybe i don't know campaign for it that's a, yeah, that is my biggest complaint if a24 wants to be the next big like film yeah. studio to take over hollywood they kind of promote the iron claw could have had so many good oscar nominations because it's yeah. a phenomenal film it's exactly everyone's best work surprisingly um, but it's Priscilla. snuck in like at the 11th hour and like people are like what and, what what and it's not going to be able to contend for next right years yeah. awards which yeah. sucks 
It's like uh, the, the you know like like uh, what made the Weinstein Company successful, unfortunately, oh, like like <laughs> uh, not just masturbating into plants, but like I was gonna say this has a, bullied this... the shit out but, but of the Academy. Voters. What's funny yeah. is that's a sentence that could be at any show, but you understand the political stance of the show by the next sentence yeah. that comes after that. Yes, <laughs> I mean, what and, if and like, like, won for Shakespeare and Love? Like, why? And because of the fact that uh, Weinstein's knew how to like bully people into getting their Whatever their. You uh, have stuff. to thank them in their in your award speech. Always thank them. Yeah, but but the the the, but the bottom line is, it's like like they need to be a little more cutthroat. Uh, not not like the Weinstein's uh, uh, entirely, but mm -hmm. but uh, you know, take a few lessons. You know, yeah. just cherry pick some lessons. Anything well, happens behind the bedroom door or the hotel room door, just just leave that. Leave honestly, that I think the cast of Oppenheimer, specifically Killian Murphy, who hates being social has done a really good job at doing like the for your consideration screenings doing q and a's yeah. uh you know help promoting his own oscar nomination so like there there, there are things that you can do especially for like a studio to put up well, front but well, like yeah it, it's just it's irritating to me because well first of all i mean bo was afraid like they just disappeared that movie like when, yes. when, it, when it when it didn't do what they thought it was gonna do they they just cowardly ran away Braves yeah. and Robin ran away. He ran away. He ran away, and uh, and and then they acted like it didn't exist, which is like in, even more baffling because it's which like, it well, should get some nominations. It should. It would clean up. I'm like the technical awards, like all the production design and all that. Yes. Like even if you don't believe in the movie, like it was. Is this such a weird? It was such a weird decision, and I think that they're they're also they're everything everywhere all at once was was a phenomenon. surprise. But yeah. it also was a surprise, and they they did well, almost in spite of themselves. And, and I think too, like like it was also like Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh. Sure, it's a lot of facts, and, and like they were like were kind of pushing it more uh, than the studio necessarily was. Right. Yes. I mean, remember the, the other one they were pushing was the whale. Yes. <laughs> During that time, yeah. which did win. I don't know. I don't know anyone that likes that movie, but like it did win for Brendan. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, did, I, did I tell you guys? Did I tell you guys how I first saw um that past lives even existed? So they had it as a trailer before Bo was afraid. So I was sitting in the movie theater, waiting to uh -huh. see Bo was afraid, and they only cut the trailer from the last forty-five minutes of this terrible so trailer. It seems the, the trailer made it seem like this is a movie about a white husband who his wife uh, finds her child or whatever and like leaves him pretty much. And it seems like, like a much dumber yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like the dumb money trailer, which I also saw. Very starts off with the line where he's like, "In a different movie, I would be the evil white husband," and without yeah. any context, is like, "So that's what's gonna happen, right?" Like, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. That means that's what you are. No, and it's 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 just <laughs> utterly befuddling to me that they're, and I think it's just that we don't have the lexicon necessarily to kind of advocate for movies like these like because what's gonna happen is all the art house kids are like well it's great best movie ever see i cried etc and then be like whatever nerd yeah <laughs> yeah and <it's, laughs> shove you into a locker and another right, thing exactly. too is what we're seeing now is exec ceos and executives are shelving deleting completed work that could become like big mainstream hits right. and and at the same time you know i know hbo max is gonna have all of a24's catalog soon but like we know which stuff A24 promotes. They don't promote stuff for award season. They pro promote like Pearl. They promote like their edgy like horror flicks and thrillers. They don't promote some of their that's more. That's where the money is. Like, like, yeah, they the don't promote like their the dramas and and um. Yeah, because they know how to promote the Ty West stuff. They know how to promote that yep. kind of thing. Whereas Past Lives is just like they, it's 
it's like befuddling to them. I mean, yeah, what they do I, know I, how I to think... promote is zone of interest because everyone knows Nazis and Oscars go together. So they, they push yes. the hell out of that one. Yes. They won't let anyone that's in a critic see it, but you know, yeah. they, uh, they, yeah. they did. I feel like they promoted uh, moonlight a lot when that first came out. Yeah. They were pretty good at that. Oh yeah. But that's like, that's like a very, that's like a very vibe movie though too. You know what I mean? Like it, Mm-hmm. Like oh I I get right into the you know the lighting another one that's hard to it. yeah how do you cut a preview for that yeah <laughs> you know but that's the kind of movies I like to see that where it's just like you don't know what you're getting into I mean I think Poor Things was was another example of that where like I know people that like what do you think this is and they explain it I'm like that's not what this is <laughs> <laughs> I know that I know why you would feel that way but that's not what this is and like you need to maybe consider that you don't know everything when you walk in yeah and, and about a woman who discovers her sexuality. Eh. Sort of. <laughs> sure. It's there. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that is true. However, yeah, but that, that's a thing. Dance. And so this is, yeah, also, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's also the problem of it living in a, like, you know, 140 character style society, right? Like, like this, this is, this is a more than 140 character movie. Yeah. And I, don't, I, it's, it gets across. And if anything, so I saw it real early on and so this is my second watch i think it actually holds up better uh like like some things that i was like yeah that was cool i was like i actually find i found to be more poignant i found like hit yeah. a little harder emotionally the the time skip because they don't really tell you that there's a time skip um you just kind of have to guess so i'm sitting yeah. there going like what who uses skype today and then i realized like you know it was like oh that was 12 years ago okay yeah, yeah, people use the, other, the second one the second one they do it as they're going on the border like over the border they say 12 years later and i thought mm-hmm. that was a really cool way of doing it because it's so subtle like at the beginning you're like oh that's the border either either this is this is the beginning of 12 years of slave or uh you know this is- i love seeing tra- <laughs> like transitions like that like i remember sure. watching the suicide squad and they did like a lot of things like oh like they had like little graphics in like hit in the background or whatever to like show like, Oh, this is what's happening next or whatever. So uh, like I like how subtle that is. Yeah. I, I think just... that though, I, but like, if you're I not wanted... paying attention. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to um, talk about like, you know, she was saying that she's never been on a film set before Celine Tom before this, which is, it was crazy. That's weird. That's yeah. Your dad, doesn't your dad. Okay. So her, her shooting, never her baby. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she doesn't consider uh maybe she's like, well, that was Korean movies. Yeah. That but, was my dad. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she so just, that, well, I guess it is autobiographical, right? She probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so this, this is um. I, I thought this was really fascinating. This is she had like a, a shooting process where she kept the characters apart from each other, the actors, so mm-hmm. that they could only really interact during these scenes. What and uh, I thought that was a cool way of. I kept uh, Teo and Greta, who play uh, Hesong and Nora. Uh, uh, physically apart. They were, of course, uh, uh, rehearsing with each other, but they actually uh, did not touch each other until we see that scene in Madison Square Park where they uh, see each other for the first time in person in 24 years. And I think that um, part of the reason why I wanted to do that is because, um, and I wanted to do that with them, and they wanted to do it as well, and is because, uh, you know, it's about a really extraordinary connection and it's a very really extraordinary moment in our lives but i wasn't able to give them fireworks or vfx the 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 best thing i could do is to point a camera at their faces and the the amazing uh power of that moment which is of course i mean i would talk about that scene as a resurrection scene it's like feeling like you your friend is uh 
gone and no longer there, and then to see them again, but this time uh, as a grown-up. Last time you saw that person in,、uh, in person was as a boy, and now you're going to see that person as a grown man. And the magic of that, I think that、um, it needed something.、Uh, I felt like it was it might be worth doing something a little bit special, so that when they hug each other for the first time, it really is the first time that these two.、Uh, Grown men and women are hugging each other, you know. And I think that,、um, of course,、uh, the first take of them touching each other is not the take that's in the film. But、uh, from that first take, they're able to build on that chemistry or build on the extraordinary、uh, feeling they got in touching another person for the first time.、Uh, the other thing that I did was、uh, I kept the two men in the film. Uh, Joe Magara, who plays Arthur, and、uh, and Teo,、uh, apart as as you know,、uh, I kept them from meeting each other、uh, until we shot the scene where the two of them as characters meet each other for the first time. And we were actually rolling when、uh, Hesang and Arthur meet each other, and that、uh, first take is actually in the movie. Part of the reason why that was so helpful is because. The the two men, two male actors, they were able to start、uh, building expectation of what the other guy is like.、Mm-hmm. I actually uh, told uh, Greta uh, in her a rehearsal with Teo to、uh, tell Teo about what it's been like to rehearse with John, <laughs> and vice versa. And of course,、uh, the men started to have form some idea of what the other guy is like. But also, they were able to build a chemistry with Greta that is completely separate from、uh, the other guy and the way that the other guy is building a chemistry. So when they actually、uh, faced each other in the film, and then they were starting to do scenes with each other,、um, it, there was an amazing thing where these two worlds that they had built separately、uh, with Greta were、uh, clashing, which is what the movie is about. Who do you think they are to each other?、Mm. It's like a method acting love triangle.、Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like、uh, every single director that's great has to like torture their their、uh, casts. Apparently, that seems to be the prerequisite. The, like, like, is there like a class we can take to to learn how to manipulate people as a director? Except for Wes Anderson. By all accounts, Wes Anderson does exactly the opposite. So take take of that what you will. <laughs> He love bombs his cast. No, <laughs> he does. The, apparently, the, the the it's they have these dinners together. It's apparently everyone's just hanging out, having a great old time. It's like okay, can't can't do that on Christopher Nolan set. You know, you only got you got like fifty days to do a full film, and there are no chairs on set, and you got to、mm-hmm. take a bathroom break after the after you're done filming for the day. Wasn't it? I can't remember. It was. Um, <laughs> I think it was Christopher Nolan. Like he he understands that you have to take a bathroom break. It's like. He understands that you might have to pee during his movie, but he doesn't really want you to. <laughs> he understands that humans do, in fact, have bladders. Yeah, that's、yeah. why part of the budget is、uh, carved out for depends. <laughs>、um, but yeah, I, I think that that was really fascinating that she kept them like physically from touching each other, kept them apart. Yeah, wanted to record their original reactions and meet each other because this movie is already blending. Because it's because because again, it, it relies on micro expressions, right? It, it relies、yeah. on on physical physicality that real hard to. To nail in a, in a lot of ways. If、mm-hmm. if you don't do take extreme measures, because you're trying to say so much, but、uh, yeah, 
She's also blending her own life with the movie and then blending the actors' relationships to each other with the um, like w- with their actual reactions to everything. It's like this blend of reality and fiction uh, feels like it transcends uh, everything. Stream. Okay. Are there any problems with the stream, sounds like? No. Yeah, I'm telling I'm people saying that there's. Hold on. Okay. Looks good on my my end. I'm streaming it you know, on Twitch. Okay. Okay. Well, that, maybe it's just YouTube then. Uh, I, I was just going to say that uh, when I first heard people start talking about uh, Celine's song, I, I thought they were talking about Celine Dion's songs. And oh, I was it. very confused. I was, I, was, I was waiting for someone to mention that. I was not going to be me, though. So <laughs> I, I actually spent a long time going, like, like come on, it's my heart goes on, people. Like, we all know the song. I, I checked YouTube when we're on YouTube right now. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I got a get a message saying that that's oh, back. That it's back now. Okay. So um, I, um that, that's kind of weird because uh, the the clip that I picked. Um, sometimes it, sometimes it goes down if you pick a clip from a thing. But I picked a clip from like the BFI place or whatever. Like, <laughs> it wasn't from like somewhere that usually flags it. Okay. Well. <sighs> God, you gotta love copyright law, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, no, because like, yeah, like you have to convey a lot and not use words to do it. So the idea that if, you, like, literally just keeping them cloistered, it's like, well, yeah, of course it's gonna, it, it'll be kind of a jarring, weird energy when they when they finally meet. Because also, like, Greta's been telling each other, well, he's doing this, you know, he's doing this other thing. It'd be funny if it'd be funny if they started fucking with them by making stuff up, being like, uh, you know. <laughs> Like, oh, he said this about you, dude. Oh, yeah, he said and then this they come and they're like, they're like, oh, I'm not gonna like this guy. Add the animosity, kind of like what what went down with Darren Aronofsky in Black Swan, and they were like, we're not falling for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also interesting that uh, Tao Yo, right, like the the South Korean actor that they picked, has been in a bunch of stuff. Most of it, I think, in he's German and South Korean, which is crazy. But I think oh, a lot cool. of the stuff that he's been in, um you know isn't isn't necessarily like as big as uh something like this i think but he got like the blue dragon film award for best new actor which is like you know the big south korean awards in like in 2021 or something and then i guess originally it was supposed to be the kid from parasite that's who she was gonna hire and then you know parasite happened and he kind of got like big to the point where i don't think he could stick around for that but it was gonna be that kid that played uh that played the you know her south korean childhood yeah. That would wildly different. That would have been very yeah. different. So yeah, I mean, it's sorry. It's 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 if we sound like we're we we've missed a beat, it's because literally all YouTube cares about is copyright. Anything else that happens is incidental, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah. blind copyright without the ability for fair use, and I have serious problem with that, and yes. it, it bothers yeah. me. But it, it gives it puts the onus on deciding what fair use is on like the company which is not what you're supposed to do because of course they're gonna every single time be like that's not fair use yeah it's block first unless you're very popular in which case don't yeah so, mm-hmm. so tell your that's... friends about us and make us very popular so we can get <laughs> so, so that we can used. so we can don't get worry, around the guys. rules <laughs> the oscars we're gonna be phenomenally huge we're remember more people watched us in the oscars that was kind of funny yeah because they thought we were they the, thought we were the oscars this looks more entertaining but look look if you can check out this stream and not be able to figure out the difference that's on you sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't but, by the way i haven't seen um the, the show that she works on uh the, the show that um she was hired to the wheel, wheel of time right 
Yeah. Wheel of Time's good. It's a that's an Amazon show. Um I think yeah. the only thing I can say about it is that I watched the first uh so it's based on a book and I, and I watched the first season and I enjoyed it. And I started watching the second season, and I didn't remember a single thing about what happened in the first season. Oh, she, and she, oh I was gonna say she only worked on it, I think, for the first season. Yeah, the- first season was good, and like, it's not that the second season was bad. I was just like, I don't remember no, who that guy is. I don't know who did, that chick did actually, is. If, if you stuck with it, it would have uh, kind of like even if you didn't remember anything from the first season, because I had the same thing, and yeah. uh, like, like I did stick the landing. Memory. And and now like I'm gonna watch the third season gonna come out. I'm not gonna remember the first two seasons, but I did enjoy the second season. Um, yeah, they, they they really did stick that ending. So so you okay. Know, good well, on I mean, that. I'll probably I like uh, was uh, Rosamund Pike's in that right? I mean, if I remember I think correctly, so. yeah, yeah right. I, I like her. She's good. I mean, it was it was well, good. You know, I just was literally like I could not remember a single thing that had happened, like mm-hmm. other than the end. And I was like, wow, this is the one time. Like I'm usually like skip when it does the recap, and I'm like, I could have really used a recap. <laughs> <laughs> True. A lot of times Amazon doesn't do a recap, right? Like, uh, yeah, because Netflix one... Netflix goes hard with the recaps. I remember like anything that you were watching out there. It's like last time on, you could do like the little two minute video, and it's like, yeah. ah. You know, the worst one was uh, I was watching Blind Spot, and I uh, pretty much gave up on the show whenever they started doing recaps for the episode that you're watching. So like, you know, something would happen uh, like ten minutes ago, and then they'd show it to you again to remind you because that's important. What? Because <laughs> then it's gonna pay off like right then. Like what? Wow, that's, that's like, like uh, the thing you really like. You know what makes a joke funny is that it has to be over-explained to you. You know, yeah, the, the more it's explained, the better. Yeah, clearly. Uh, all right, Andy got in a blind spot reference. That's a Jamie Alexander show, right? If I remember. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, back to past lives—a movie we're essentially discussing. Um, yeah, it's interesting that she would think like I. I feel like that's very much a first-time director thing, though. Unless like that's your whole deal is to be like. But look, if they're good at acting, they can figure it out. You don't need to actually sell yeah. them. But then people, but people that love the minutia of movies, like they, they, it's like catnip for that stuff. Oh, did you hear that she uh, physically Whoa, separated the they actors? They actually meet each other for the first time, and I saw it on screen. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh God, what's this? Hugh, what, Hugh Grant. He's like, you know, back in the day, people fell in love on set, and like, you know, you don't have that anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You think, once yeah. you, once you they have on, that workout, Andy. <laughs> oh, on set, you can't, you can't, you can't fall in love with the that. actresses anymore. You get, you get me too. <laughs> I don't watch VH1 anymore, so I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know uh, oh, gossip. Like, enough, enough, enough. That is, that's more than <laughs> enough of that. Uh, it's interesting though that I think the relationship between the two dudes, right, is is pretty. Like, there's that uh, the high song. Um, I didn't know that liking your husband would hurt this much. That's another wrecker line. Cause it's sort of like, well, cause you're thinking about it like, wow, like there's a lot, like especially him being like more of like an you know, traditionally masculine uh, dude who's not even like speaking in his, in his uh, first language a lot of the time that, that like there's gotta be a lot of internals going on with that. And that is such a powerful phrase. Because like yeah, like obviously it'd be really easy to to get, get, make him the Mark, Arthur the villain. He's the villain. He's the guy. He's the impediment. He's the guy in the way. It's almost like uh, I, I could see it as almost like putting in earplugs that you're like um, <laughs> you're like I'm not gonna like him. I don't even speak the same language he does. Right. right yeah. 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 <laughs> I my, can steal his wife. My my dad blew out his hearing on a jackhammer uh, in, in the '80s and settled for way too little money, and is almost completely deaf in one ear and like mostly in another. And when he's like in a conversation or like a family gathering, it just doesn't care about what's happening. He just turns it off. 
Yeah. <laughs> which, which is like, I was like, wow, that's a flex. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, yeah, you believe so-and-so was rattling on about this? He's like, I didn't hear any of it. I'm like, yeah. Well, no, the, the, the real flex, uh, the real flex would be, would be if you ask somebody like, so, uh, you know, what do you do for work? Like knowing they're really annoying. And yeah. then you turned it off so that everyone else. <laughs> and just every once in a while, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. No, keep going. Keep, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This movie makes really good use. Like, this is one of the few movies I've seen that makes really good use of the, like, tech. Like, usually if you see people on Facebook in a movie, you're like, oh, man, like, this sucks. Like, right. but maybe it's because it's, it's 2023, it's, people. Come on now. Well, it's also it's also interesting to see the difference, I think, between, like, uh, you know, like a South Korean Facebook or something, right? Like, he's, he has, like, this kind of goofy picture that, like, I've noticed that, like, a lot of, um, like, people that are from, like, Korea or Japan or something, right? Like, they're a little bit, like, I think more goofy, whereas, like, a lot of people in America are very self-serious about their, like, profile pictures a lot of times and so he's making like what, funny what, wait wait what are you talking about <laughs> not not everybody but like but like if you're trying to make it as like a professional in new york City, not on right? this show not in this room no, clearly no, no, but... <laughs> well but yeah and it's i think you have to though there has to be depictions of these yeah. things because otherwise every freaking movie uh and, until the end of history is gonna have to take place before like 2005 you know, yeah. and, and that's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. And like, work. like, yeah. it's also nice to see it done well because, like, remember in the '90s, whenever they showed the internet, and it was just like, oh, you're like surfing through the air in the middle of a city. <sighs> the city is, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, techno music <laughs> blasting, and right. yeah, no, no. Era I thought the internet would have a lot more techno than it does. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and, and like, like, you know, they they just really didn't know how to present it. To Hack people. the earth. Yeah, lawnmower man. Yeah, exactly. Well, but it's also like this this new era of like uh communication where your identity which is what this movie's at the core really about right like mm -hmm. her her trying to navigate her way through all these different three different identities or whatever that she has at, at these different times as like an adult as you know just a a single a single uh playwright living in new york city living her best life and calling her mom or as like a south korean child and like you know without her own real identity that she's trying to form yeah. formulate for the first time these things have changed because of like social media. Sorry, hack the planet, not hack the earth. Uh, we regret the error. <laughs> okay, okay, from, okay. From, Snap correction from from the movie hackers. By the Chat way, correction. Which, which one of Angelina Jolie's first roles, actually? Yep, yep. But like, so seeing her mediate her identity and mediate these relationships through uh, being online, right? Like, it's kind of right. a. Is, is a crazy thing because it's like you know before that and like the, the movie makes it clear like for the 12 years or whatever before that like she would not have been able to contact that guy at all like he was just, yeah and, and then he's like on the laptop and then going up in the freaking whatever you call the thing on the wire like the cab that goes up so you can like sh like here's what south korea is looking like and you know oh and uh, guess what the coverage goes out oh who could have predicted literally anyone yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like they got wi-fi up there <laughs> damn Right. No, no, Korea does have better internet than we do. They do, they do. And the kid, well, the kid yeah. also goes to China. He's like, I'm gonna go to China and learn Mandarin for my job or whatever. And like, which makes sense. I mean, like, yeah. like you know, the the Asian countries there are very uh, interconnected for the most part. Yeah. And even though, even though they all joined in the fear uh, mongering about China, they're like, ah, China, right. because that's how that's how you get money. That's how you turn on the money spigot from the United States. You're like. <laughs> yeah they're so yeah, well china sure, china sure is scary anyway money please <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and i go, i mean look that, some of that goes back all the way to like you know the stuff in the time period of like the handmaiden and said stuff like that yeah korea is always like you know always has to kind of be on the hustle because they're considered the lowest class of all the asian major asian countries yeah so, 
you know. And and I, I like that, um, like everything from like work ethic in this movie, right? Like he's, he's like, well, we don't even get overtime in, you know, in, in South Korea. Oh yeah, Korea. I have to do all of my my boss's work, then I do mine, then I can go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. with no with no overtime, with no overtime. mandatory <laughs> military service is is another thing that you know that yeah. you have to have in in Korea. Um, like that they go into in this, and also like there's the there's the idea that like you know you can't even get married, uh, in, um, you know, in Korea if you're not making a certain amount of money as like an only child. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So, but she's like, she's married early. She's like, I don't know, it's a green card marriage. So it's kind of like this fast, this fascinating, uh, diametrically opposed, you know, th- these relationships. And her, she has no real connection. She's as connected to, like, you know, the American pop culture and stuff as she is, I think, to the South Korea. Like, South Korea seems almost like a novelty to her. Yeah, almost more so. And then when it comes up, it's because it's her idea of it. And like whatever the idea of uh, of it and what it means to her, which largely is sort of just like an aspect of her origin story. And look, for me, hard relatable. I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. Like I don't, I don't sit here like pining about the the city I grew up in. No, man, it's bad enough. I have to visit once in a while. <laughs> Peace and love. I mean, anyway, <laughs> I, d- I don't mind my hometown because Bruce Springsteen. Most of his music is about it because we're from the same place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I hate it down here. <laughs> Lacey and Scott Peterson, the band Granddaddy, and Gary Condit, the murdering congressman. Those are what's from Modesto. But it's, that's not me. Mm. So, I mean, and and the only two of those things are murder related. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> two for two for three. Two for three. Yeah, exactly. Well, jury's still out for me. Uh, but I think it is like she has this idea of of what Korea means to her. And what it means in her story but it's not actually important to her really yeah. yet he is important to her in in as one of the aspects of korea that she actually cares about but then again there's a lot of you know this is this is a movie about what ifs you know like i keep uh, whatever reason i have no idea why i always reference the gwyneth paltrow vehicle sliding doors <laughs> <laughs> i just think of the, the the disney plus marvel show what if that's which is based off the comic books, which is around even which longer. Which is what I think about. And you would think that would be what I reference, but no, it's the Gwyneth Paltrow vehicle sliding doors. Hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it amounts to the same that like you, you think about choices, considerations, things that you, you've done in your life that, you know, things went one way and it could have gone another, so on and so on. That there's a lot of that without it being like a paralyzing thing where, would have been crazy if blah 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 and blah blah blah. Like it doesn't it doesn't go out of its way to overexplain. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that I really appreciate that because I think, first of all, tight runtime on this. You know, it, it clears yes. ninety, uh, but just barely. Like it's like a hundred minutes, something along those lines. Yeah. Great. That I mean, that's <laughs> more of that. Please. Thank you. More of that. Make movies shorter. Bring back intermissions. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it's you. The fact you can drive a truck through the holes in certain details is is an asset here because nobody has the complete picture and they shouldn't have the complete picture and and they set you up at the very first scene to know that you're not going to have the complete picture it's set up from the beginning and 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 that is so key and which is something i got more the second time around right and and i think that it's a less emotionally relevant movie if not if not relevant movie if, if it were more uh, spelled out and laid out that way and i think i think it's again the fact that she's doing this as a first-time filmmaker is really yeah. impressive 
Yes. Because mm-hmm. knowing what to like leave out, I mean, that's half, half of filmmaking, frankly. Yeah. Well, no, no, I think this is a movie that can only be written by a playwright, right? Like, or only, you know, this right. is yes. a movie. Because the amount of detail you have to go into to, to get to know these characters and their kind of inner thoughts. And I mean, it is kind of, it's almost like a play. Like a play, a play would be way easier to stage this, I think. And be like, oh, now we're in Korea. Oh, now we're in, yeah. you know, and it's written in a, in a perfectly kind of segmented three acts. Uh at least you know three snapshots which is like you know yes. you can see exactly how that would be written out as a as a play yet she does make good use of small things like when they're on the subway and they both have their hands on the pole and like the hands mm-hmm. are like close yeah right? and the glances and, those yeah those, everybody's you know the glances that everybody gives each other is just um oh like like uh you know what one of the things i was thinking about uh, you know because this woman movie... talking could never thank you no mm-hmm. <laughs> um it, it's well, yeah, like it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't stop talking yeah exactly you know women talking is like the hard target too to this movie's hard target um where the, no it's it, uh hard target to over explained everything where hard target really didn't um mm. a hard target is just a fun watch and uh, <laughs> i highly recommend it but uh, hard i've target seen hard too. target i never would have thought of bringing it up in conversation about this mm. film but but uh, specifically because of hard target 2 they actually uh, have yeah. a scene uh, where all the bad guys who let are the record target, show hard target who are, two, harder targets um who, the bad guys who are hunting the main character like uh, by scott atkins this time whatever um is actually they each have to go through and tell each other their origin story and i'm like who the fuck cares we didn't get that in the first one and that movie is a classic like yeah. you know we don't need to know like like you know the 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 deeper uh, interactions between these stupid characters you know yeah, this is not cares. like his past lives where you you know uh where you kind of do want to know more but less is more with uh with something like this and hard target actually apparently who knew <laughs> um no i i also like talking about like the subway scene where they have their hands touching the subway pole and everything which we were yes we were talking yeah. about that yes. so <laughs> Um, no, I, I think this movie, like this movie flourishes with those like liminal spaces. Like that, that was yes. the first thing that I yeah. thought with this is like, the, the, you know, in either in transit, she's, you know, in transit, she's moving the entire movie or also just like the line, like, oh, you're somebody that leaves, which is such a brutal, like, oh yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a great, I mean, again, a lot like, of record for him. You're, for him. You're someone that stays and it's like, yeah. oh man. <sighs> Damn. You, he's, just, he's just as secure as Arthur. They, they probably do have yeah, a lot yeah. in common. I wish they could speak the same language. <laughs> like, I do. <laughs> Sit there and talk that do. trash to each other. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, the other thing too is like uh, it's the it's the silences. Like uh, because you get the silences right. between uh, you know uh, you know the, the the two main characters there, and then Arthur shows up, and his silences are very awkward whenever he's around. Awkward and, like, he silence doesn't understand how to like live in that that moment where where nothing needs to be said well because he feels like it doesn't he doesn't exist in it and he is like constantly second guessing his own existence in this situation so mm-hmm. it's natural that he should they should feel uncomfortable because that's an yeah. uncomfortable situation to be put in it absolutely is uh i mean has anybody actually had a uh, um a moment like this not no, I, mean, I bet but i bet you have when you're gonna tell us all about it i you know i don't have to tell you about it but it does involve me going to canada <laughs> Okay, mm. I know I'm going to regret this, but go you ahead. Didn't Lay speak it on the us. same language as the Canadians. Right? <laughs> uh, no, actually, we did speak the same language because I was in Ottawa. But um, you, did. you didn't speak. You didn't speak Canuck. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I met up with a friend of mine. We had like this moment, uh, but like it was just me, her, and her boyfriend. And um, as the you know, like like I got along actually pretty well with him, but like you know, I could tell like like there was something uh, like after he left, 
we ended up just uh, staying up till five in the morning talking and it was just like, but we knew, we both knew that th that was our moment right then and there. Like, uh, you yeah. know, and we'll always have that moment and it, uh, but like we can never have another moment like that. Well, th this probably I've never experienced you know, this is, this is like I'm 30 like guys. Kind of a fascinating, like uh, it's, I mean, like you kind of have like the third, the third wheel situation, but you can't yeah. quite tell who the third wheel is, right? Like, every, like everybody or the two guys in this both uh, probably think of themselves as a third wheel. Yes. Well, that's what makes it. Yeah, that that's what makes it work. That's why it, I'm the third wheel. It's just like that movie, <laughs> The Third Man. It's just, it's just like that, other than completely different. <laughs> But uh, yeah, like that's that's why it works because nobody, as far as you're talking about power dynamics or or what. Well, I mean, she's the one that has the power. Yeah, there's only one person dynamic. with any power in in this whole situation, and, and not, that's not uh, not Mr. Boner, and, and <laughs> that's Nora. Nora is the one with all the power, and she isn't even. She's a she, witch. She. <laughs> She's not being autocratic about it, but she's also not being fair about it either. Again, mm -mm. like the, the the body language where she just like uh, increasingly turns away from Arthur while they're talking, stops translating entirely, and then like just doesn't even seem gross to care. In the conversation, yeah, and 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 you know it's it's weird because you kind of think it's going to kind of go another way almost, and then then it's like oh no. It's spoiler alert, by the way, that like when it comes back around and the decision she makes at the end, it is heartbreaking, but it's also heartbreaking, not because like there's a correct decision, and an incorrect one, but because basically it's a bummer no matter what. Mm. And uh, honestly, especially for the dude that came over from Korea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the, my experience is like, you know, I would, you know, have a crush on a guy in high school but he would be so into like this girl who was prettier than me because I started looking like this in my mid twenties. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, and the most embarrassing thing about it is that one of my guy friends told him that I had a crush on him in front of him mm. at a party. He was mm. like, he's like, I don't really see you that way. I'm like, y I figured. And it just made things awkward from then on in. Well, they all but, probably but peaked they in high school. So fuck them. Well, he's, <laughs> here's here's the thing. He he he's not a good looking dude anymore. So it's like, ha ha. Like I said, they probably peaked in high school, and that's mm -hmm. some people do that. Uh, I I just I I don't know this 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 whole story is fascinating because I, I think that uh somebody like I mean probably somebody like Celine Song, but like at least you know her character like her Nora character in this right like is somebody that doesn't stay in these moments very long like she's someone that who wouldn't you know be thinking yeah. about her own experience in high school or whatever it is you know what I mean like uh because these are all kind of intangible and I think it's, it's very hard to be that kind of person like it's very hard to be someone who isn't tangibly attached to the moment um in in the you know like thinking about like what happens next or what happened before this and it's kind of uh both both the men in her life are obsessed with thinking you know is is this the right thing for me right now is this the right, right uh right. do you actually like me do you actually want to be with me and you know the other question is like well what if what if this was a different situation and what if this was another one of these lives which Indian is such a good yeah, what uh, if what if what if jeffrey wright is going to show up as the watcher and start talking to you, you know, <laughs> but out. like Indian is such a good way to like ease somebody like you know let them down slowly be like oh i'm sure we have Indian in a different world like yeah well and that's <laughs> and, 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 and that's the one car wise of it all but again it, there, there's a practicality and groundedness that you don't get with one car wise movies which i i generally enjoy yeah. and some of them i really like but yeah i mean like little things 
it's not that like she's manipulative about it, but like like that line, getting married is hard for idealistic people like you. Where it's like, it's like oh, like what are you what are you trying to frame up here? <laughs> like that's a weird like is that a comp? because <laughs> it doesn't really feel like a compliment well no. I, I think i think that she's kind of overcompensating though in that moment too because I, yeah. I kind of i find the one thing fascinating that like uh koreans have um it, it seems like at least from this movie like almost like arrested development right like it's not a bad thing for you to stay uh at your parents at 30 which i'm moving to korea but no like it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's but so it's so like but like, but like, you know, not not being a fully formed person at like age twenty seven or thirty yeah. or something, right? Like, it's okay in Korea because you know you're working, you're getting experience, and you can live at your parents' house longer. Which she's done the exact opposite. And I'm not saying her situation is common, you know, in the U.S. But like, she you know We're got Canada. out of her parents' house as fast as she could, went to New York City because she wanted to live there, got married because that's how you get a green card. So her she's she's kind of almost justifying her own. Um, young marriage i think in her own like lifestyle to him at that moment because he's like well, i have yeah. all the time in the world before i need to get married and you know like i was dating this girl i'm trying to think it out i don't really i'm not at the point i want to be uh right now and he kind of has that luxury where she doesn't but it's also kind of a, a, like almost like a a jab at him being like a more mm -hmm. traditionalist thinking uh, yeah. as, as well. Cause remember there's that line the mom says that, you know, like it's true that if you leave, you lose things, but you also gain things too. Like, I feel yeah. like that's key to understanding this, this movie. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and that's back when, you know, that's, that's one of the earlier. Yeah. Cause <laughs> one of the main traditions of America, well, but typically after the baby boomers is like, you know, you're 18, you get, Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta live on your own. You gotta go off to college. Yeah. You gotta yeah. do this. You can't Which, be living I mean, with your parents. It makes, it's a, lot of, it makes a lot of sense at a time when everybody was kind of just going off to war at 18. It's like, if you're old enough to die in a war, you're, you know, you're old enough yeah. to do whatever the fuck it is. But we're kind of getting back to a point now where it's like, you know, a lot of people are 20 something, 30 something still living at home. And now it's not that big a deal. I mean, you know, to the boomers, it still is, which is why Dr. Phil and people like that, um, really get off on content that's like he's 30 and still lives at home and it's like yeah sort of like half the people i know like i don't i mean i moved out at 17 but like i'm pretty atypical well yeah, okay conan i'm just built different yeah exactly to be, to be fair to be fair i've moved out something like five times i, just, I also you know. lived 17 different places before i moved out at 17 so like whatever yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, necessarily say it's a, exactly um no but i'm like i i've i've moved out five times and then always end up right back again well, it's good. That, it's good that you have that. You know, it's nice to have a safety net. Like that. That's yeah. that's lovely. It's not something I ever grew up with, but it's nice to have mm -hmm. a safety net. And and I think that that's also, you know, like it's interesting that the Nora character, like she doesn't like care about having a safety net because she's just yeah. so assured of her own success. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a she's a double immigrant, which is something kind of crazy when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, that is kind of crazy yeah but but again like i, I mentioned, like you know that you know whenever you're in a scene and you're trying to you know canada can, you can only fit so many you know like like there's a difference between you know you brought up sloan sloan's on an american record label but then yeah. you can look at like uh other but they're bands like an that, arena band in canada and they're like a club yeah, band here exactly <laughs> yeah but but uh then you look at like um uh, a band that came up at the same time uh the rest addicts who, who are phenomenal but they never they never had that success in America. I don't think yeah. they're even on an, an American label. Well, look at uh, SCTV. So like, SCTV was like, you know, just as good, if not better than Saturday Night Live, uh, even back in yeah. the day. But other than a few breakout stars, there's people that like, look, it took to, until uh, um, 
Shit's Creek for uh, what's his face? The, Eugene uh, Levy. Eugene Levy to like be like a household name, which is like, good lord, that guy's been like operating for like forty years. Yeah, yes. I think I, I think the American Pie movies was uh, actually kind of where yeah, he but he was not a focus, to... Andy. Yeah, there's no yeah. way, no one was no. like, you know, the focus of this movie is Eugene Levy. No, they were thinking I... about the dude fucking the pie is what they were thinking, about. <laughs> and they were thinking about maybe the women involved as well, which there is a good Jennifer Coolidge uh, early on. Coolidge, <laughs> but. Yeah, but but and also honestly, I'm trying to reinforce your point. So like, I don't know why you're fighting me on it. Other okay. than it's fun to correct people all the time, always. But I think that that SCTV is a perfect example because it was just as consistent, if not more consistent, as a show. But like, it was, it had a top end. It was only gonna yes. get to here. It was only gonna get to like because it's not doesn't have the reach. So and, and then so, like Kids in the Hall only got big because it signed on with was it HBO at the time. Uh, was HBO? I thought it was Comedy Central. Oh, you might be right though. Uh, anyway, it got on American yeah. Network, and then or just even like, like Mad TV was better because they rehearse their sketches. But they're and not. They that's an American last... thing, so it's not quite the same. But that, yeah, the idea is that like like something can be fantastic, and then if it's exposed to a larger audience, uh, you bring in a new audience, uh, grow bigger. The young ones, another good example of that kind of thing. But yes. like, there's a lot. Of time, we think about that only in terms of successes that already have happened. But when it's in terms of, and especially with female artists and, and uh, female entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call it, it's just like, oh, she's so ambitious. And it's like, well, yeah, everyone trying to do something is hopefully yeah. a little ambitious. Yeah. But it, it feels like women get rejected more for their ideas. It kind of explains why Margot Robbie had to really push for Barbie to be made by Warner Brothers, considering all the crap they're doing now. It's like, y'all can't just depend on the success of Barbie anymore. Okay? Let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's, and it's, she decided to put all of her, her, her efforts into making that happen and have it be the uncompromising thing that it is. Right? Mm -hmm. And again, a miracle that shouldn't have worked. <laughs> but like... I, it's rare for anyone to be in, in a position like that uh, where they can and will fight for art because it's not made it's not made to be something that is likely to get the outcome that you want. Yeah, and, you can't put art in a box. There's more sides to it. Which I, I also am glad that like there's not a judgment kind of place on the Nora character for basically being so like relentless about like you know leaving people behind and, and and so on and so on because it's like well it's kind of shady kind of kind of those are kind of unrelated things though like she's allowed to like do her thing and and, per, and pursue her dreams it's just that the the relationship with her and arthur is not perfect it's a little fraught guess what most relationships aren't perfect though yeah <laughs> and you know what perfect relationship gonna reiterate the point arthur's punching a little above his weight class yeah, well, and that's why he's so fucking insecure about it, right? Like, and I have seen that so many times where it's like, okay, dude, calm down. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> no one's going to take her away from you. Um, I, I think I think a, a deeply fascinating part of it, too, is that they're trying. They have the same dream, right? Like, yeah. they're both, I mean, like, you know, at least the real, you know, the real. They have a real, dream. They don't They don't really go into it in this, but, like, you know, uh, Arthur, the, the the real version of him, you know what I mean? Like, his big thing is that he had a play that toured all throughout, you know, all the, like, the colleges yeah. in New York yeah. and was on, like, the circuit there. And so they, they're both playwrights. And his book is called, like, Famous People, but he, she made it, but I feel like she shades her husband a lot in this movie. Like, she made his book Boner, but Boner, it's really yeah. just called, like, Famous People or something. Like, <laughs> and she talked about, what, yeah, why why was that the name? Like, was it a reference to the Batman comics with Joker's Burner? Probably not. Let's just say this. No. <laughs> that's my probably head a, a reference to her, him being a big old boner. You know? Like, yeah. Get out of here, you boner. <laughs> 
the the guy that played him though like the the actor that plays the husband i guess also is in like an interracial uh marriage of some kind so he's like oh yeah, really he uh john, john mcgarry he was in yeah. um it's funny second movie to reference kelly Riker. uh first cow he was in first cow and uh showing up with the one that just came out this last year as well so he's he's like a that guy amongst the like uber art house artists because i mean Kelly Riker, I mean, like whatever, like that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like saying, um, Hal Hartley, if it was the nineties, you know, it's like it's yeah. shorthand for the type of, okay, I know what kind of actor you are and what kind of movies you're in. Oh shit. He was in, he was in the, uh, Sopranos movie that they did the many saints of Newark. Oh yeah. The, that prequel movie. I kind of forgot yeah. that existed. Uh, yeah. So his wife's name is, uh, Janice Hong. Okay. And she's a fashion designer. All right. So he like I think he was like he he related to the fact that you know uh, white guy and I, I don't think he's Jewish but he's like uh, Italian but like um, well his I mean, one of his favorite actors is John Cazale or Cazale I don't know how you say his name but like, yeah like like the the ultimate that guy of all that guy actors hey, it's that guy it explains why he was so relieved whenever uh, you know he was asked to go out for pasta. <laughs> oh, you like pasta? I I really like how he says. Uh, he's like pasta. And so I like, guess. Oh, pasta! Yeah, well, you want to go get pasta? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so so I guess the <laughs> not the... something not something I usually like to eat before drinking till four a.m. Just gonna say that, like uh, Justin, the 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 actual dude, uh, wrote a play called Asshole. Yes, yeah, so that, nice. that must be what what they're referencing. In this. So instead of boner, it's asshole. So yeah, all right. Yeah. So that, that that makes that makes more sense. It did seem like it was like did stuff sure. go really bad in that marriage. Like what? I wasn't no because I, I I I like saw something and I was like there's something embarrassing. I think that he wrote as a name of a play, but yeah, I didn't I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, well, that's like uh, in American fiction, which we're covering uh, later this month. Like uh, <laughs> monk, like at, at one point he's just trying to to. Uh, um, just push the envelope because he's pissed at like that everyone is like engaging with this like work of art that he made like not just as a joke but as like an insult to everyone it's like changing the name of the book to fuck <laughs> <laughs> and, and then everyone's like oh and then they eventually go along with it so it's, it's which is yeah funny but like <laughs> it's sort of like in that way of of just attempting to be controversial for controversy's sake right i mean um, the other, the other thing with uh John Kirk Kirksis Kirksis or however you, however you pronounce it um his original Skeksis. thing Skeksis violence his original uh how he got kind of one of the ways he got famous is he would do like these YouTube videos really really early on mm. like these silly YouTube videos okay. so he like desperately wanted to be I think uh, a filmmaker of some kind or like a you know a writer within like the film world and then of course you know now he got his script picked up by uh the Call Me by Your Name guy whose name I can never say Luca whatever. Why, oh, why, or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who also did uh, the cannibal movie with uh, Timothy Chalamet? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, Bones and all. Bones and all. Yeah, which I liked. Bones and all is great. Interesting filmmaker. Like not, not to. I mean, he, he told he told Timothy Chalamet, "You're gonna you know masturbate with the peach today mm. on set." So right, and, and Christina was there. We did. Yes, <laughs> and he did it, and uh, it came out. You know what I mean? All, all over the peach. Right. Uh, Challengers. <laughs> Challengers is the name of the movie he wrote, though. And uh, ah, right. And and it, it follows a, a Grand Slam tennis champion who signs up to compete in a challenger event against the former lover of his wife and coach. And, and that's Greta. Uh, Greta Lee is in that too, right? Is she? 
No, it's uh, it's it's Zendaya. Oh, Josh no, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of a totally different movie. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Of course, Zendaya. Zendaya is it's Amanda Hirsch. She'd be in everything now. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> but I'm not complaining one bit. I am. Like, I'm complaining from multiple people. I, I think that that's the movie that the trailer came out and everyone was like, this, this movie somehow is both too sexual and not sexual enough. Like the makeout scene that she has with two guys kissing her. Like this uh-huh. is, seems devoid of something. I was thinking of Materialist with the, and it's going to be Pedro Pascal and uh, Chris Evans and Dakota Johnson. So I don't know. As Karl Marx and uh, Frederick Engels, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what it's about, actually. But mm-hmm. thank you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but I think that it's it's... Oh. Yeah, it feels like the engagement with the art is coming from a place of lived experience, you know, like, and, and I think that's important, for, which goes back to the as much as I, I think Sophia Coppola gets ennui and, and love and vibes very well, like, just the don't, aesthetics. the aesthetics are great. Don't throw anything with class consciousness, please. Mm-hmm. No. She won't know yeah, what to do with we'll it. We'll never see the Sophia Coppola, Ingalls and Marks movie. It'll be like a dog that you throw a Frisbee to and just stares at you while the Frisbee sails past <laughs> 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 it's not her deal <laughs> and and i think that it's it's um but like it's it's wild that this is the first movie like it's really yes. like like self-assured yeah yeah right i mean it's impre- this and core jefferson both debuts which they should really i agree with the intro they really ought they ought to have a category that's like a first timer yes one. yeah one because like this I mean, is up against scorsese and nolan Right. Yeah, I mean, like, like how many movies are in that caliber whenever it's their first film? Like, like right. a lot aren't. And like, um, you know, occasionally you'll get a, like a Tarantino uh, yeah. or, or you know, this year we happen to have two, which is incredible. Um, but like Charlotte Wells after Sun was a debut. But like, yeah, like you just don't you don't get to that often. And it's weird that other award shows do reward it. And the Oscars like, nah, it's fine. We're just going to throw you uh, in the deep end. Yeah. Well, you, like see it. It, you do see it with um, like the the Blue Dragon Awards or whatever, like Korea, South Korea's uh, the, the Blue Ball Awards. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the Blue Dragon Awards, which is like South Korea's, um, you know, Blue Dragon, awesome. tell them to catch up. Uh, their the, their version of <laughs> Dragon Dragon. Well, there's Ball. also Stag too. Does like Best Ensemble Cast and stuff like that. Yeah, well, so they they have Best New Actor and Best New Director. You know, like they have those. One of those there. I feel like you. They really should have those. Like it's yeah. kind of. It's crazy yeah. to make. It's crazy to make fucking someone whose first movie it is compete up against like uh, Christopher Nolan and uh, Scorsese. Yeah. Like yeah. like Melton is up against like Mark Ruffalo, right? It, you know, like and Robert Downey Jr. And, and it's like, well, that, is that fair? I mean, that dude, like, I guess did that Riverdale show. I I, I understand. Or like, or even if it or even if it is like fair, like there should be like a consolation prize for someone whose first movie it is, right? Like, yeah. Or, or even like uh, you know, even if they are competing at that best level, newcomer. But, uh, like uh yeah best get new the new best newcomer yeah. highlight some new talent you know best um, newcomer gets the dragon balls award you know <laughs> dragon ball z award. best newcomer gets the dragon ball z award but it's not the blue balls <laughs> the blue dragon yes <laughs> it's gonna win all the blue dragons this year for that movie with where he uh where he comes into a peach you know what a picture <laughs> don't eat it afterwards that's a different film that's emerald fennel thank you yeah, that that would be a face-off with um i could pay to eat a peach for hours <laughs> yeah it's right, face off. peach off you know right. that, that's so uh we, we're doing a little well, bit of let, those 
want to do some letterbox one-liner? Sure. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Once we're getting into the, the fruit-related content of the, of the show, it's time to wrap it up. So, yeah. of course, Letterboxd is a website, a social media site, if you will, uh, that allows film lovers to talk at, with, and to each other about the films that they love, maybe the films that they didn't love, the films they were devastated by. And, of course, all that is uh, bottom-up democracy. It's not just Siskel's and Ebert's of the world. Everyone gets to chime in and have their say. Uh, this is all best expressed succinctly. You don't want to be too pronounced with it. Don't want to be too long. And uh, this is the bit. This are the letterbox liners, one-liners. These are the letterbox one-liners for past <laughs> lives. Hey, me, my partner and their childhood lover, really liked your vibe from across the bar. <laughs> That's what she breaks the fourth wall, and she's like, "Hey, really? I'm looking. For, I'm looking for another guy to add to this." You you ever heard of this thing? You you ever heard of this thing called uh called in 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 or whatever? <laughs> exactly. In South Korea, we have this term. Right. That that to be her uh, pickup line. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe give maybe give him some. He came up from Korea. He's certainly not getting any. Anyway, he's tell like, me your long. <laughs> she's like she's like. Do I know you from a past life? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. <laughs> Telling your long lost friend and potential lover to watch Eternal Sunshine is an act of emotional violence. True. Agreed. Kind of agreed. I uh, love the movie, but yes, I watched. I watched it with my ex after we had like broken up and then gotten back together. Like, what is like, wrong with you? Why did you Eternal Sunshine this bottom's mind? I, I watched it with an chaos? ex before we broke up, but that's a different story. What is wrong with you people? Why would you do that? I didn't know what I was going to get into. I, it there, was, just, there wasn't that many things on uh, Netflix that I really wanted to watch. You know, you're I was like, better off watching Face Off. <laughs> it took me two weeks and a half to finish this movie because the intimacy made me want to remove all the veins in my body with a plastic fork. Whoa! Yeah, I mean That's that could either be good or bad, but <laughs> she gave it a three and a half stars. She's like, yeah, but the you know the movie itself mediocre i guess that's the uh you know that's her that's my rating for it but three and a half you know from my metric three and a half is pretty good most movies yeah. are, are three or three and a half if you mm-hmm. ask me yes i usually do i usually do three my my metric is if i'd watch it again so mm-hmm. it's like if i wouldn't if i'm like i could see this once and then like never watch it again yeah. that's usually like a three three and a half if i if i liked it you know what i mean and then if i if i give it like a four that's like that's like rewatchable territory. Yeah, four is like, yeah, I dig this. Four and a half is like, this is great. Five is like almost impossible, but like my favorite ones of all time. So I think I gave, uh, I think I gave Fitzcarraldo a five because I was like, people actually died making this. <laughs> you got in that in that case, you really do indeed have to give it up. Yes, <laughs> they really got my ass. I was weeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you caught me weeping over here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tearjerker. She she has that long uh the, the last shot right like before uh oh. is kind of crazy where she's going down like this the, the fucking entire block <laughs> she goes down the whole block and uh yeah you know and and she gets to her her husband and then she's crying by the end of it and like I have to imagine that that crying was like uh, organic you know what I mean like that that's she like had to channel that somehow yeah that's it that's incredible. Indian and, and like the fact that it's played out in one of those like short walks that it's like one of the longest walks ever is uh, yeah yeah it's, it's really great longest block ever somehow <laughs> how far away did you tell the Uber to go dude like yeah, did you pick the wrong address anyway <laughs> heartbreak does not feel good in a place like this that Nicole Kidman was full of shit man <laughs> <laughs> heartbreak feels great in a place like this New York City is the place locked in that hell dimension that uh, that Nicole Kidman's hanging out in. 
Keep your hopeless romantic friends away from this. This is like crack for them. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he doesn't get the girl in the end. Past lives, not even once. Yeah. I, I, I hope he got some in one of those 8,000 lives. That's all I'm saying. Get the pussy. But what if you watch it again Jeez. and it has a different ending? But also, are so some of the lives are happening at the same time. So like your life isn't complete, and you're on a just a different dimensional plane. Like, oh, a multiverse of madness. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna say you're everything, everywhere, all at once in it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just glad that they didn't like edit it. That they, this movie's told literally and not like uh, like uh, in the '90s, it would have just been done in like different parts, like uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm. This is the most brutal movie I've ever seen. Cannibal Holocaust ain't got shit on this one. Uh, <laughs> cannibal. That that one that one line though, where, she, where he's like, "You're someone who leaves, but for him, you're someone who stays in his life." And it's like, "Damn, yeah. dude." Yeah, that's 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 a drop the mic moment for sure. If you're trying to, yeah. if you're trying to get trouble, he's like, he's like, "I know why," but like, he's realizing she's everything. He's 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 not right. Like, he's still in South Korea. He yeah. he goes on this one trip, but like, I'm sure he lives most of the time at his parents in South Korea. And I don't think he's traveling that much. I don't think he has those days off. His salary is middling, right? Like, well, I mean, he he knows uh, uh, Chinese, so maybe he goes to China every once in a while. But you know, ooh, China, <laughs> China. This year's in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Just dropped. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Which, by the way, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. The the Daniels they gave this movie so like a shitload of props. Like they've talked about it a lot. Yeah, and, that's awesome. It's it's uh, almost the same movie, but without the kung fu. Like like if you ever wondered what they'd be like without like the you know, kung, fu. kung fu, you have this movie. Oh, what would Matthew Film Guy say about it then? He would have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Burn. Shout out to the husband for being shockingly chill about this whole situation. He really was. Just like trying to think of like, wow, oh, man, like if your if your wife was like, oh yeah, my uh, my childhood like uh, you know lover from Korea, he's gonna he's gonna come visit. He's visiting the city. I he's, think he's what? Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Damn it! Oh god! Damn it! <laughs> Is he hot? I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, some, some people say so. Yeah, or Korean. Okay. You okay. Never know. All right. So yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> Got it. Hello, hi, Sung. Please meet my husband, Arthur, author of the book Boner. <laughs> he's like signing copies of the book, too. Like, he's like, I'm signing Boner, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's what you do. You sign boners. Those are the Letterbox one liners for past lives. Please follow the show on our Letterbox HQ account at Movie Night Extra. We are posting up all of the write ups of all the episodes of uh, what we do here, uh, along with additional content and things along those lines for you to peruse at your enjoyment. Please also follow your host there uh, 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 at Always Flacco, the 8,000 Layers of Vinyan, please. He is logging all the stuff we do on the show as well. So if you want to... Uh, we, have Indian, we have Indian at home. <laughs> Vinyan at home is pretty good. Uh, if you want to follow him along for that, you can uh, see what he's up to and uh, engage that way. I am the Indian Enjoyer at Kona Neutron. I'm doing all the highbrow, the midbrow, the uh, popular sphere. Capos and Indians. There you go. We're missing all these <laughs> these great names. Remember when you used to change them like four or five times during the course yeah. of the show? That was a that was a different time. I try to, I try to pick mine before we go on too. It sounds exhausting to me now. There's a lot of things we used to do that. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, and yeah, follow me at Kona Neutron. Uh, power using over there. Criterion Challenge. Uh, film school dropout soon. All that stuff. Uh, say hi. J. Andrew World, a.k.a. The Third Wheel, at right about now, too, is watching all the weirdest stuff on Letterboxd. You don't have to. Or maybe you can. It is really not for me to say or judge, but he is doing it 
either way. Yes, the Doctor Who challenge this year, apparently. <laughs> you are definitely you are winning the Doctor Who challenge. There's nobody, my man. I, I would put. There's the, nobody else competing. I yeah. would bet the farm on you in the Doctor Who challenge. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you've probably seen yeah. more than people that run the show. Uh, and he's doing all that and lots more on Letterbox at right about now too. Christina down there. Future past is uh, at um Christina. She she deigns the login now and again and uh, and bequeath her, her movie wisdom on that platform. I think the last thing was Mean Girls. The, the Mean Girls. He was mad that people were surprised it was a musical, right? Yeah, it literally had like a triple clef in the poster. Like, come on. <laughs> there <you go>. <laughs> <laughs> there's the clue, people. So if you, so yeah. if you, if you want, if you want to stop see that, trying to follow- make trouble, <laughs> stop trying to make trouble happen. Trouble is not going to happen. Uh, she's on uh, she's on Letterbox as well, but yeah, definitely follow our Letterbox HQ account for sure. We're we're power using, making, moving over there. Uh, I think we got a word for our sponsor, right? Yep. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Yebiga, a Balkan Rakia spirit plum brandy that brings Serbia to the American shores in an authentic and appreciative way. Care of Billy Gould, basis for faith no more, and Rakia appreciator. Rakia is a traditional spirit enjoyed at weddings, funerals, and life events. However, more and more, it's being enjoyed everywhere on a night out with friends or as a casual drink. Get a bottle today in liquor stores and bars across America. Go to yabiga.com to see where it's available near you. That's right. Maybe someday we'll have some on the show. Yeah, <laughs> dare to, dare to dream. Keep you know? <laughs> forgetting about that. Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Is that base that he's got in the, in the picture? I literally stopped that base from falling out of the ground and breaking at the park site in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, and at, at the same time, unrelated, uh, Joe Biarfa was lighting up the bathroom with a number two. <laughs> those, are, those are not related events, but they were happening at the same time. Uh, he's like, ah, too much Rakia. <laughs> <laughs> but I did stop his base from, from basically getting j- jacked up. Uh, so there you go. Ginger World, third wheel, takes away with plugs, why don't you? All right. Uh, you're watching us right now on YouTube. Please do those YouTube things like comment, subscribe, hit that bell. And the big ask is, you know, we're, we're slaves to the algorithm. Watch the video to the end. Um, that allows us to be discovered by other uh, movie lovers. And that allows you to hear a great Conan Neutron song. So we got a great trade here going on. Um, we're also on Twitch. So do the Twitch things. Um, uh, throw us a sub. If you happen to have an Amazon Prime account, uh, you can subscribe to our channel for free. Does not cost you a penny, but actually helps us out greatly. And we thank you very much if you can do any or all of that stuff. Remember the seven and nine version panel days. I have been trying to forget them, <laughs> but yes, I do. I, I thank God I was not there. <laughs> exactly. It's, a, it's a, just a horror show, frankly. Cast of thousands. And that was just on screen. Cool. Yes. More people on screen than watching the show. Right. I remember those days. Yes. Um, but uh, find, find us on social media. <laughs> uh, you can find us on uh, various social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Blue Sky, uh, Threads. Uh, I think I got them all. Yes. And um, once again, I'd like to point out they're literally scrolling underneath you. But yes. yes. <laughs> Reddit. <laughs> Letterboxd. Exactly. Discord. Yeah, uh, we do have a Discord. Join, join the Discord, guys. Yes, join the Discord. But um, yeah. It, wherever you happen to get it's hilarious that for, Forrest is off camera for us saying that, by the way. That's all I'm going to say. Of course. Yes. Um, but but uh, yeah, if it, whichever whichever social media you enjoy, chances are we're going to be on one of your platforms. So so find us, follow us, say hi. We, we'd probably say hi back. 
Probably, huh? Probably, yes. <laughs> You're gonna make that that, that call later on. Well, yeah, you know what? Safe. Like, like I'm gonna be. I'm not airing on the safe side because right now I got like Zionists in my ad mentions on Twitter. Um, mm. I think they got a, a, a topical cream for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Far better than whatever the phrenologists were in there. But uh, anyway, still don't understand why y'all are back on that platform. But okay. I don't. I'm not even really on there. I just made a joke about. You just uh, talked about two separate <laughs> groups of people that you've agitated. But you I don't just even retweet movie there. news now. I make one okay. joke, and these people just show up in my ad comments. <laughs> um. Anyways, <laughs> we have a Patreon. Uh, that also helps us out a lot. Um, but one of the things we have access to with the Patreon is getting access to our after parties, like the one we're going to be doing in a little bit. Tonight, yes. Tonight yes, we mm-hmm. are, uh, Christina, of course, are producing this month of shows. One of the things we're doing is we're going through everyone's Oscar predictions of who they think will win and who will win. So tonight, 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 will be Christina and I. Uh, doing that so we're going to be doing ours and then Forrest and Andy will be doing theirs later it's the gonna month. be so quick because we already know we, <laughs> we already know we don't have to think about it or debate it yeah yeah <laughs> so it's probably not even going to be the whole show but yeah. uh yeah we're going to have uh all the folks that are coming on for the other episodes this month uh Zach Marsh uh Katie Lauren Renee mm-hmm. Rowan we're going to get all their picks as well maybe Eileen Eileen always it's rare to be able to get her for something like that but maybe we'll see We'll see. Hopefully. But yeah, if you join Patreon, you can get access to all of our back uh, after parties. So if you think we are uh, off subject now, wait until you see the after parties. We're going to keep it. Yeah, no. The- I was say, we're pretty militant on, 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 on this. Well, when we get to, like, again, I don't, I'm going to go with Christina. I don't think ours are going to take that long. No. So, like, we'll probably be talking about other stuff as well. And there's a lot to talk about the Wiley e. Coyote being disappeared. And- it's going to be like Barbie movie, Barbie movie. Barbie movie's not up for this one. So, Oppenheimer, Barbie movie. <laughs> Maybe. You'll have to tune in to see, won't you? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but um, Conan has been sitting there with the word yes, Sonic Reversal behind his head. Oh, yes. And, and uh, of course, really? Sonic Reversal is his uh, other show, hmm. which is it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's my a, other show, my successful one, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, stepped up production big time lately. Uh, there have been three episodes in the last week, one of which is the John Wright from No Means No with Jason Lamb, the No Means No biographer. Uh, that Ooh. just came out today. Uh, this week's episode, I had Jay Robbins of Jawbox on and um, Full Burning Airlines, uh, Office of Future Plans, so on and so on. And that was a great episode. That's still up for patrons. So $1 a month advance access for that. I was doing a patron drive <laughs> yesterday, as anyone who was on the internet and knows me <laughs> saw. And uh, thanks for all the new patrons that jumped on. Just a dollar a month advance access. So it's kind of not something that most most shows of its caliber and style, again, it's been around, this is the 10th year uh four to ten times that much and there's usually don't get as much from it so one dollar it's a deal um and coming up oh uh peter prescott of mission of burma is the next episode so and and then uh steve turner of mud honey also and that's just next week <laughs> so yeah stepping it up big time like i like i did when uh the covid first hit and look, looking to get get a dollar from it one dollar yeah, and, and I mean, come on, mud honey, y'all. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, you who are ninety kids don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, 
mud honey and nirvana right like they would start at the same time and people would have put money on uh, mud honey so yeah yeah i mean mud, mud honey you know absolutely great so if you don't know mud honey check yeah. him out uh, and, but, but, and his his book uh is really good too i, I actually read it oh. okay i read a music book not as prep for the show i just read it for fun so there you go. <laughs> cool and and Are of course uh, stevie's stoked loves Love Mission of Memory. Yeah, me too. Stoked. He's a mini beast also, I should mention. Are you reading for work or for pleasure today, sir? <laughs> exactly. And, and of course, uh, if you want to get more of Conan's music, you can as well. Um, yes. uh, go to neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Check out Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Mm -hmm. uh, newest album is the Split LP with Lung. That's right. Yeah, go get it. Uh, bringing back the buy the whole discography for whatever the hell it was uh soon as well i there was that was offline for a little while um also tour dates in march la san francisco bakersfield somewhere else um i don't have a flyer yet but i'll probably have by the next time we're online i think i'm gonna have a have a show flyer for that but if you're in on those places in the west coast can we get it Excellent. Out. I think the SF show is like so close to selling out. The LA show is still doing okay. It's a much bigger venue, but it's crazy. Like almost everyone I know from podcasting it's in the West Coast is going to be at the LA show. <laughs> That's why I keep being like, oh, is it just, is someone going to live stream this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If, uh, if you had 400 podcasters in a room, will you get a live stream? No, for I, some reason. <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> apparently not. I don't know. But you anyway. might get a debate panel. Yeah, th those are with uh yeah exactly look i got the the freaking dune stream for this originally was, was they, uh, if, if, a, if a podcast is on the stream but nobody's there to hear it does it, does it make a sound i don't know uh but yeah those are with mccluskey they're selling out quick so excellent and uh i don't know is there anything else for you i think that's all four day festival that i throw oh yes <laughs> minneapolis called caterwall just that yes caterwall and, and of course uh, you just mentioned jay robbins uh who's, who's gonna who be playing there yep yeah, the, the fantastic job box. Uh, single day tickets just went on sale today, so if you for some reason cannot make the entire four day affair, uh, you have the ability. There we go. Uh, you have the ability to see some of this badassery uh, on, the, on, the, on the days that you can. Let's see. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we can, we can do it. I got to do it this way, I guess. Yeah, I can't. I wanted wanted to do the like kill rays here, but. I like how gay, witch, abortion, and austerity, the austerity program are back to back. I know. I yeah, hope, yeah. hope those things aren't. Uh, hope those things aren't related. We have whores and cunts and intercourse all on the same day. So I know whores performed last year. <laughs> they perform every year. Yeah. Uh, whores. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in that in that style of music, uh, go get your tickets. They're, they're starting to go fast. Uh, four day pass is still available as well. Uh, word yeah that's... yeah i mean i know personally i'm excited to see uh lung and the scrunchies so you mm -hmm. know there's there there's my uh looking forward to uh this year list uh that i haven't seen before the other 42 bands can fuck off no, i'm looking forward <laughs> to checking them out too but like oh yeah yeah they're um, all right <laughs> yeah no i i no, uh, no, checked no, out the scrunchies those are both they, they showed up last year they're, they're very nice yeah. people and i'm just like oh let me check out their music oh this is they're, great they're a much better <laughs> band than you would think of when you see that name that's what I will say. Yes, I am with I you on that. Uh, favors. They're a good band, though. No, no, because uh, they sound a little bit like, um, oh, what was that? Uh, Kim Deal side project there from uh, the Amps, uh, but more punk. What? The, the Amps. 
the amps a m p s the amps yes sorry i thought you said ants and i'm still going no that's not right but wait I did not am i hearing that. him right no. no okay there we go yeah but, but yes, like oxbow you know. is playing uh v paul yes oxbow who are great and uh I have some intel that there's not going to be tons and tons of Oxbow shows in the future. Take of that what you will. So if you have not seen them and you're anywhere near Minneapolis, go see it. Oh, I'm looking forward to checking that out too. And Christina is over there uh, on you're Twitch. Gonna, she's going to talk in depth to everybody in each of the bands, you know? <laughs> and and uh, who, who's uh, playing on your show? Um, wait, no, you were uh, last night on uh, Dan from the internet. Yeah, PowerPoint. It was good. It was just him and I talking about GYT drama and, uh, yeah, no. And, uh, you know, Biden's, you know, gaffes and decline and that speech of his he did last night. Um, that feels like yeah. it was days ago somehow, but I know, right? That was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, tomorrow on stream, we're going to be going over the history of Colin Tell Pro. Uh, we're probably gonna do some Super Bowl halftime performance uh, mm. history as well, because that's the only thing I look forward to in the Super Bowl. Janet Jackson's nipple. <laughs> yeah, that's actually part of the trivia. Uh, yeah. What year oh, was that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jackson <laughs> at Janet, Janet Jackson's nipple. nipple. Yeah, <laughs> it's up there go. with uh, Winona Ryder's monocle. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be a fun stream. I think it's gonna be very content pack too because we're also going to talk about you know all the people falling for like right-wing stories about woke kindergarten and immigrants in new york and shit like that woke kindergarten what about nap time i know right thank you <laughs> nap, time, nap time is a construct of patriarchy and white supremacy and it needs to be abolished <laughs> and, and of course if you want to they support made nap time woke wait <laughs> Before, and of course, before you can take your nap at woke kindergarten, you have to give them your pronouns. Wow. My pronouns are um, Woke kindergarten before, cop. Before, before you can nap, reversals, that's a funny one. Before before you can take a nap on a, a woke kindergarten, you have to do a land acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge that the <laughs> land the land that you're sleeping on uh, is stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, kindergarten cop is just going to be having the little kid going, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. And then, you know, Arnold's like, that is not true. Some girls. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Well, Can I just yeah, say that? No, I, I, I uh, you know, it's my company. Well, kindergarten, we got Arnold. Arnold's there, uh, you know, teaching. Yes. Uh, Dan and Bam are coming on in May uh, for the show, by the way. Woohoo! To talk about a Spike Lee movie. I, uh, Summer Sam, I think. Oh yes. I, I also will note that my invite for being on that show seems constantly get lost. It's a shame that they. I will. Oh my god, you would be great on there. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a text Dan. I haven't gotten invited on there in a while either. But I mean, that's because you're back on Twitter and no one wants to go near you. What happens is that I think me and Rayvon are kind of like rotating as like additional guests. Which is funny because one good. of my newer people who just, who found me through through Dan's show was like, "You and Ravana sound a lot alike." I get y'all you too confused. <laughs> yeah, you the broads. first time yeah. Christina was ever on the show was with Ravana, so every, just imagine how Forrest and I felt. Every single every one of these broads sounds the same in this stream, and I can't. Women are talking, and they sound the same. Look at this women talking over here. Women streaming. 
He's angling. <laughs> that, that, it, that would be if look, if Sarah Polly was going to have a podcast, I would certainly hope that she would consider women streaming. <laughs> oh my god, that would be. A and good I would tune in. Huh? <laughs> it just gets barraged by hate instantaneously. I thought I was gonna say it gets bizarre by gets barraged by people that, that like people sending us podcast real quick. Hold on, streaming. Piss play. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say people get people send in dick pics like they're like yeah. women streaming. Yeah, I was like that's good. Too. Or uh, uh, what, what what do you call the cups? The the period cups. What do you call them? Diva cups? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. You can barrage the pictures of those too. Anyway, fine. Oh, moving on. Look. <laughs> yeah. I, they can't I all think, be winners. They yeah. can't all be wieners either, and we thank ourselves for that. <laughs> and, and, hey, and that kind of that's purpose. not what we teach at woke kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think that's actually the end of the plugs. I can't think of anything else to plug. Um, well, come on down. To they woke. made that time woke. <laughs> <laughs> come on down to woke kindergarten. Uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or, or should I bring up uh, the East Hampton Film Festival? Sure. Yeah. East Hampton Film Festival is coming yeah. up in May. And uh, some of the people on the screen, uh, not all of us, will, will uh, definitely be there. Which ones? We'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> all right take but, it back yeah, don't do that plug they, they made the east hampton <laughs> film festival woke <laughs> but yeah no we're gonna be uh doing some q a sessions with uh some of the uh, filmmakers there after showings of their films and i'm um, really looking forward to that <laughs> can i tell you how many podcasts that i check out and lorraine's that that i'm like i can't tell any of these guys apart like i don't even know who's speaking this right seems now. like big simping to me and i don't allow that on my it kind of <laughs> <laughs> There is dudes do sound. It's always there's usually usually one dude that has like a very vastly different voice, and the rest of them it's like I don't know. All these guys are saying the same stuff. They every the every single time it's like the breakout, the one breakout star. Yeah, like, and it's always that, that one voice modulator too that that like every uh, you know FM station has for like the morning zoo crew that that makes the voice sound a little deeper. So they. I like, that, I like that. I like those movies. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Ch Chavo Trap House always finds producers that also sound like them. Like you can hear. It in the <laughs> oh yeah, Chris Wade's coming out on on the late show too. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Well, him, him not as much, but like the the one guy that uh that started Blowback that used to be their producer, I think like Brendan James or whatever. Like he sounds exactly like Felix. Like they all have like dudes that sound like them. Yeah. There you go. Coming up next week, Chapo Dropouts. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I wish. That's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to manifest it into the world. Mm -hmm. Will Menneker went on a Hit Factory like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. They put on this show. Why can't we get Will Menneker? I think, I think they're coming out of the SF show. Uh, we showed them. Uh, we 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 did their face reveal. They had never put like uh, Aaron and Carly never put their face out. Yeah, because they're, they're audio only. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, I told uh, I told him I could introduce him to Mark Borchardt, and he was like, "I don't know if I can handle that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, well, that's a fair enough answer." Because okay. they did uh, they did American movie they they covered that in uh, yeah. one of their episodes. Oh yeah, I was like, I, "He's done like three videos for me." <laughs> what <did> he <laughs> he's like the best guy ever. Yeah, he's he's like so a, wholesome and friendly, and and he's an incredible fountain of cinematic. He's the, he's, the, he's the first person that David Letterman ever just handed a camera and was like, "Just, just take this." <laughs> Forrest docks them. know they were coming on, but yeah, but, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So that's the plugs, Christina. Do you have Thanks. some final thoughts? Jesus. 
longer I than like, movies. Right, like, I feel like past lives is, you know, at the beginning of the stream, it was a whole different life. Oh, it's like the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have ended the stream with that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> this film should have gotten more Oscar nominations and I will die on this hill. That's my review. That's my final thoughts. There you go. All right, succinct. Let's <laughs> yeah. the rest of the show. Andy, final thoughts. Yeah, th this movie is definitely uh, the beauty of a moment and uh, knowing that the moment is just uh, what it is. And knowing and that there's going to be a dude that ruins the moment by mentioning that the <laughs> this could be, oh, what if this, what if that? But you know what, though? That's, that's actually part of coming to terms that this is just a moment. I, I mean, yeah. you know... It, if, if, you know, when you're having a moment like that, you do kind of have uh, times where you think about what if, what if, what if, but sometimes what if doesn't really matter? What what if could be anything? And you can, if you're creative, maybe you turn the what ifs into something else uh, creatively, but, but you must understand what the moment is and to appreciate it. And I think sometimes too is coming to terms with it. It's also important. And everybody who is in that moment, the three main characters there uh, all dealt with it in different ways and beautifully portrayed that on screen and uh, with, with the very few words. And not only that was uh, this movie is about those, the silences and mm -hmm. how they, how they also function because it's always good to have like, uh, you know, understand how to have uh, silence whenever you're with uh, people you love. For sure. Conan Indian enjoyer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm even more impressed with this very small and powerful film, the second go-round. I think it's a deeply profound, heavy and moving, but without big-time self-importance. And the only real parallel as a love story I can think of is the Before series by Linkletter, which it, which it doesn't work out the same at all for that. But vibe-wise, uh, you know, there's a grounded practicality to it that Wong Kar Wai could never, but the vibes mm. themselves are eclectic, and I appreciate that. Uh, it's hyper sophisticated and it's mature and it's it's doesn't doesn't forget to electrify when it counts but it's it's not even something that you can look away from uh to get that i i do contend it's not a rom-com it's more like a rom trage <laughs> uh but i like that you see powerful moments in here that are rarely depicted in modern movies uh with technology as encumbrance and opportunity and it's depicted in a way that touches the heart and moves the story so it's this is um Low-key greatness to me. And it boggles my mind. It's a de debut film. And I'm really glad it's in the best picture conversation because it's one of my favorites of the year. Uh, and that ending scene alone is just... My, uh, my my second watch through, I realized that it's the Carousel Prospects, par uh, Prospect Park where <laughs> I grew up. And I would go every weekend like when my parents were trying to like uh, get us to like do something because you're in the city like you know like there's a lot of stuff to do but like maybe not for kids you know being outside and stuff so we would go to prospect park because we lived at carroll gardens and that was the merry-go-round that i went on all the time nice. i was like i know that merry-go-round it's like it was being transported back like her being transported back to south korea and her like you know running around with that kid i had that weird i had that moment re-watching it oh there you go so it's a, it's a past live of sorts yeah past lives lived in city <laughs> <laughs> And then after party, Christina and I are going to go through our Oscar picks. So yep. stay tuned, y'all. It's going to be exciting. Or it's going to be, you know, who knows? Maybe exciting, maybe not exciting. We don't know. We, we don't know what they're going to pick. It, it could it could be infuriating. because We, could, we could be like... <laughs> Godzilla minus one all the way down. <laughs> we, we could actually have a heated debate. 
Yes. Yeah. So uh, catch us in our in our in our next life. What a teaser. Anyway, catch us (laughs) in our next life, not our past life. 